0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for rocking with the best. This is the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown with my partner in crime, Mr. Javon Alford from Total Sports Live. What's happening, my brother?
2: I'm doing alright.
1: Hey, we got a lot to talk about today. We got a, we have a very full show.
2: Power pack show.
1: Power pack show. All right. First up, we got the Deal Royster. Well, not first up. We're going to talk first, all right? Because right. we're the host of the show. We'll bring the guests later, all right? The Deal Royster from Total Sports Law mm-hmm. is here. He'll be here to talk about the Sixers. Sixers signing Joel Embiid to a big contract this week, and it's already already paid dividends in their uh, in his first preseason action. Yep. So we will get into that in a little bit. But first, we're also. Uh, got to talk Eagles. Mm -hmm. Eagles with two games this week. So we will talk about both of them. We will talk about Sunday's game with the Cardinals. Sunday's thrashing of the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And then we will also come back and we will talk about the Thursday night game with the Carolina Panthers. We'll do that second. Well, in a few minutes. We'll also talk a little bit of hockey. Yep. And then we will wrap the show up talking about what you call the tradition like no other. Now, last week, Colin Cowherd unanimously took home the Sit Your Ass Down Award. Yes. This week.
2: Things people, happen.
1: Things, A lot of things happen. A lot of people talking greasy. A lot of people on these Twitter streets talking reckless. And all of them just fighting. Just begging, saying, Johnny Jovan, could you please give us the Sit Your Ass Down Award? <laughs> So we are going to do that this week, all right? We have a lot of nominees, and we will get into all of that a little bit later. But first, let us start with the big news of the week, which would be our Philadelphia Eagles with a thrashing. They handled their business on Sunday. Arizona came to town. Mm -hmm. We, We were worried. We yes, were scared. We, we, a little bit. We, You know, there, there, there was some, look, man, there was some worry. Yeah. Okay? Because, you know, this this could have been a disaster. But it wasn't. It was a disaster for the Cardinals, but they handled them 34-7. to All-around good game from the Eagles, especially mm. on offense. Yes. Well, when you put up 34 points, something's going right.
2: 21 in the first quarter.
1: 21 in the first quarter, jumping out real quick.
2: Scoring on all three possessions. Yes. That's Pretty good.
1: It is pretty good. What stood out to you? Let's let's start let's start there. Well, what stood out to you as you watched that game?
2: Just how efficient the Eagles were in offense. Yes. Not so much the running game. You know, the running game was really solid. Just how efficient the the, the passing game was. Carson Wentz was just hitting everything, and it's not like they were going against like the Chargers defense, or you know. Or even the Giants, you know, pass defense, which is a pretty good pass defense. They were going against a pretty formidable defense that has, you know, a nice secondary with Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew. And, you know, we had our our guest on last week, Jim Kachup, who, you know, was saying, you know, that the Eagles could possibly, you know, get some big plays mm-hmm. on Justin Bethel because he hasn't really. And that happened. And it, it happened. It
1: happened, yeah, yeah, just like he called it. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, we appreciate it, Jim. We appreciate that. Jim called it. He said, hey. You know the things. He 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 came out and he said, "Hey, that's who Philadelphia should target. Mm-hmm. That's who Philadelphia will target. Yep. That's who Philadelphia did target, and it resulted in a lot of big plays. Carson Palmer. Car- I'm just doing it now. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. The real Carson. <laughs>
2: not not uh, Kareem Rush and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, we're we're, we're one, not starting two. that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're, we're we're not starting that. But 20, 21 to thirty. Three hundred four yards, uh, four touchdowns, one interception. One at the end of the half. I, yeah, you know, double look. coverage. Didn't see the safety coming yeah. over the top. Yeah, you'll, I, you'll it, it. I'll, I'll I'll take that. I'm like not going to hold that against him. End of the half really wasn't meaningful. Really didn't play any type of role in the game. Bad pass, bad decision. But you know what? Thirty-four to seven. You'll take you know, it exactly. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll you take worry it. About it. And now what kind of what kind of got me is. It's like when I think about that game. When I think about what they did offensively, mm-hmm. I don't necess- I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that my eye told me that they ran the ball particularly well. Right. But when you come back and you look at the stats, you mm-hmm. know they—they they did better than you thought. Right. And part of it, yes, you could say part of it was the fact that they were up big the whole game, mm-hmm. so they needed to, um, they needed to. Run the ball and wear out clock, which is true. But still, you know, if you're not running the ball and you're not successful running the ball, you can't
2: you can't hit those big plays in the passing game. Exactly.
1: And I think what kind of it kind of scared me because you you saw them jump out to the 21 point lead. Mm -hmm. And it's like we've been down this road before with this team. Yep. And it's like, at what point does Arizona start coming back? Mm hmm. And especially when they scored that first, when they f- scored that first touchdown in the second, uh, in the second yep. quarter, yep. you're like, all right, it's it's starting, it, it's it's about to happen. Oh boy, what's what's going to happen? Because they came out, they scored in their first three possessions. Yeah. Then it was then kind of like, it, it, I guess you could say, like a string of futility, mm-hmm. and it kind of worried me. I was kind of scared. However, they held it together. This defense held it together. Without Fletcher Cox on on the field, they were still able to get some uh, pressure on Carson Palmer. Not Carson Wentz. On Carson Palmer. Two sacks. Uh, you know, getting to him and really frustrating him. Frustrating him all day and really keeping him, you know, he still ended up with 291 yards. Yeah. But. He was never really that's, comfortable. That,
2: that's 291 yards in the game that you're down, so you're
1: forced to throw. Once again, and, he, exactly. and, and
2: again, they didn't even have a running game, so even if they did trade for Adrian Peterson, that doesn't make a
1: difference. I'm glad they traded for him the week after this game, though. I'm, 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 that, you know, thank you for that, Arizona. Thank you for waiting till you played us to then make this trade because I do think that I think that changes things. I think, yeah, you know, especially when when you look at Arizona, Arizona, a team that just could not run the ball mm-hmm. at all. I mean, you're looking at a team. You know, Chris Johnson, 21 yards. Hey, thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. He got released. Yeah, he got released. J.J. Nelson, one rush for uh, 14 yards. Then you got two other guys on the stat seat with uh, splitting negative two yards. Kerwin
2: Williams and Andre Ellington. Yeah, who
1: cares about them? Negative hey. two yards. There's, there's a negative. There's negative yardage for you. Negative yardage for you. Thank you. Good night. Negative run too. Actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's Ellington's longest yard. His longest run. Was, minus two was minus two. That's that's terrible. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. How do you face you know? How do you face people like that? But nonetheless, back to the Eagles. Good game. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, I I think. Uh, Doug earns a little more trust equity. You mm-hmm. know, you when, you know, I I am willing to trust him more because I felt like what I was what I was afraid of was. Doug sent Doug watching the team struggle with the run early and then abandoning it altogether and that did not happen even though you know they it was a tough go of it you know they got their yards at the end but still at no point in time did you sit there and watch that game and think that the Eagles were abandoning the run
2: no, and,
1: and that and for me, all right now I, I I that gives that to me that earns enough trust equity to go into the next game to see if they can do that in the next game. Can they? Can they keep it up? You know, you know it when when we look. You know, it, it it'll it, it will make what happens at the end in Carolina that much more important, mm-hmm. and then going into Washington a week after that. Right. So for me, it was encouraging. He's earned my trust. Now we'll get into how the Carolina game went because you know there's so many different you know it could go either way. So we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. But for this game, I'm good. I'm happy. You know, I I got no complaints. And of course, you can't complain too much because your team is four and one. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I mean, there were a lot. There were a lot of a lot of gold stars to hand out. From that game, so we talked about we talked about Carson Paul, not Carson Wentz. Palmer, Carson Wentz. Talked about Wentz, uh, also Nelson Aguilar. Yes, Nelson Aguilar out there now showing a little swag. Now playing with a little bit of you know, play with a little swag. Looking like Djax with the with the lean back into the into the end zone. I like
2: that paying homage. Yeah,
1: was that paying homage? Yes, you think that? Is, yeah, he you? said it. Yeah, well, I mean, I know what he said, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I'll take st- it. Don't do that. Don't mm-hmm.
2: don't don't do that to the legend of D-Jack here. Too quiet. Disrespect him like that. Put some respect on that man's name.
1: Okay. All right. You know what? You know, I, I'm hot and cold with DJacks. You know, every time look, I, I can't knock
2: the great things. He's he gave did. us. He gave us big plays. He had.
1: He has given us big plays. He's also given us big headaches too. Yeah, but you'll take the big headaches, w- big plays. Uh, you would have said that last know. year. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah, you would have. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would have. No, I wouldn't have. You no, no, I over, would have took Jackson over
2: over Green Beckham.
1: You know what? I, I, and I would have taken Macklin over Djax.
2: That's a different podcast.
1: Uh, yeah. You you we're, wanted to bring we're, it we're, on we're, this one? We're we're, we're we're slowly swerving we're right exactly, now to another lane. Exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. But but still, nothing. But nonetheless, Aguilar played well, and uh, it kind of leads me to an issue that we will probably get into on another podcast. But in your opinion, mm-hmm. who is a bigger a bigger example? Who's showing a bigger example of what you can do with patience? Is it Nelson Aguilar or is it Jaleel Okafor? Because right now both are playing they're they're playing pretty well, and they're showing what you can do, what a player can do when you don't give up on them easily. Mm-hmm. You know, when you let them figure it out, right. and that's what happens with Nelson Aguilar. Like, yes, you you. You would like, ideally, in a perfect world, the 19th pick in the uh, in the draft comes in and instantly makes a difference. Right. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to cut your losses. But also, there are times when, you know what, if you're just a little bit patient, if you just, you know, let them figure it out, mm-hmm. lo and behold, they'll figure it they'll out. Figure it out. And I feel like that's what's happening right now with both Nelson Aguilar and Jaleel Okafor. Do you agree?
2: No, I definitely agree with you. I think Aguilar he's finding his way as what his role is in the NFL. You know, we went through the first two years of the experiment of him on being on the outside. He's not fast enough in his not fast enough in release to get off and be a number one or a two, which is fine because not everybody's built for that. Obviously we have a number one, number two who both have experienced doing that and excelled in both of those roles, so you're good with that. Now he's found his way as a slot wide receiver, and that might be where he can do his most damage, Mo- uh, his most damage. At taking advantage of the slower guys than the slot, the nickel, the nickel corners, and the linebackers, and he's done tremendous. I mean, you know, like I said, like you mentioned, three touch. He's got three touchdowns already this season. He had he's already equaled the amount that he had all of last year. That's impressive. He has more receiving yards than Des Bryant. It might be two more, but we'll take it.
1: More is more. That's a win. Exactly. More is more. I don't care. Nelson Aguilar greater than Des Bryant. Put that up there. I said he. It's all right. I know it's week five, but whatever. That's okay. It's okay, I'll take That's it. All right. It could change. But nonetheless, Nelson a- Nelson Aguilar, big game. Yep. Another uh person who's kinda had his struggles. Uh Tory Smith. Yep. Another big game.
3: Yeah, what do you, think, what'd you bit, think about him?
1: Made, made made some good catches. Helped, uh bailed Carson Wentz, not Carson Palmer, <laughs> bailed him out of some situations.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And his touchdown catch was it was good. Now would would you would you want Wentz to put the ball up there just a little bit higher? Yeah, but again, it was the premise of when you have a guy like Smith, if you hit him in stride, yes, you just let him take it the rest of the way. He did that. Hit him in stride. Smith was able to use his speed to take over at the tail end. Easy touchdown for him. Great touchdown celebration, by the way. Excellent. Yeah, I like that. I like that. that was, Choreographed uh, to a T.
1: See, that's, to me, that that celebration epitomizes why they had to make a rule change. Yes. Because that was creative. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yes. that That was cool. I felt like when the NFL went into the direction of banning Touchdown celebrations, not using props, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was because, I mean, I feel like there was an elephant in the room that yeah. people weren't really addressing. Right. It, you know, people were talking about, oh, they're trying to kill the creativity. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the no fun league. Right. But it was like, I think there was something that people weren't really willing to admit. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of these touchdown dances that just gotten stupid. Yeah. You know, you, you remember how many times
2: you're going to see dudes dancing in the end zone? Yeah. Been there, done. And,
1: and, and it, it, it just gotten dumb. You know, it was like, yeah, it's like for every uh, to pulling out the sharpie and signing the game, right. sh- signing the ball, which was great. There was Joe Horn with the flip phone underneath the pile, uh, underneath the the, the gold, uh pads, exactly. which was dumb. And I think, I th- in fact, I think that whole Saints team was like, <laughs> at that point, was just notorious <laughs> for stupid touchdown <laughs> dances, and I blame them for ruining it because it's like for every. You know, the Eagles playing baseball, which was cool, which was funny, which was innovative. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings then played Duck, Duck, Goose in the end zone. Which is pretty
2: cool, No, that was dumb. That's pretty cool. That was
1: dumb. That's pretty cool. That was stupid. No, I, I didn't like that at all. I you didn't like, like that? On, I thought no. it was pretty cool. No, I, they, I be, that they was better
2: dumb. than da- rolling dice?
1: Oh, no, no, that that's pretty dumb too. Okay. Or, or, or Odell
2: or, Beckham giving uh, CPR to the
1: football. Yeah, that 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 was dumb too because I think we've seen. I think T O did that. Yeah. T, uh, you know that, that that's that's dumb. That's what's gonna ruin it. You know, Odell Beckham the the, the giving the ball CPR, and then uh, the peeing in the end zone. That that was dumb. Well, that got it, the it, flag. It, it, that got the flag. But still, yeah, that that was but, dumb.
2: But there's a but people. I think somebody tweeted him. It was like. Are you making reference to you know Trump calling y'all S O B S and you're being like a dog? because The dogs, are, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, if you're uh, thinking that, then pretty good job. Uh, then if you don't No,
1: know that. no, that's too much thought. I just look like a dog peeing in on in the end zone. Or, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, that's not what I thought. That, that's not the connection. I it was yeah. like, in, I watched him that like, was some random. Yeah, I'm like, that, that, that I wasn't together. thinking that. I was like, you know what, that's real dumb. And I moved on in the game. I wasn't sitting there analyzing and I was like, it was dumb. You get, you can't do that. The baseball thing, you don't need to do a lot of It's like, okay, look, hey, look, they're playing baseball. They hit it out the park. They're all staring at it. Ah, that's cool. Yay. The duck duck goose. I'm like, all right, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I I didn't like that. Thumbs down to that. But
2: I can't wait till somebody plays 7-up in the end zone.
1: (laughs) And that will be when it ends. Now, I hate 7-up. I've I've talked about that also. I hate 7-up. I hated that game when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, it was. It was stupid. It, it was, was stupid.
1: stupid. It no was why? Because no one ever picked me. I sat there the whole game with my head in my my head down on the desk with my thumb up. Nobody ever wanted to pick me. Dumb game. But anyway, look got me out here on these tangents, man. Come on, stop. We gotta stay focused. All right, we got a lot of show. All right. Trying to keep people from tuning on, you know, turn it to another podcast. All right. Another offensive surprise. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Barner, yes, out of cold storage, yes, coming in off the street from whatever he was doing, (laughs) whatever he was doing, it was working, but he because he came out there, played well. We were worried, you know, people because you knew he was going to be thrusted into the return game, and he, you know, he's athletic, yep, he's got speed. But he didn't have a lot of experience in that role. But he did well, and now there's a chance he could push out your boy, Pumphrey. Damn straight. You want that, don't you? Maybe. No, nah, man, I ain't no maybe. Do you want that? I'm,
2: I am want to give Pumphrey a healthy season, but if Barner keeps playing well. Yeah, I think game, get,
1: Pumphrey doesn't get much healthier than that. He ain't played in no games. He ain't banged up. He, he tore his hurt. hamstring. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah. So that's it why should be c- It should be better than that. That's, that's At this why.
1: point now, it should be. Because he ain't been playing. Nah. He ain't put no pressure on it. He should be good, right?
2: He should be, but he's on IR. Oh, the yeah. Phantom IR. Phantom IR, whatever, dude. We all knew that was happening. Whatever. He
1: got a hangnail or something.
2: Meanwhile, like McGuire and Marlon Mack and. Whatever. Tariq Cohen and. I'm depressing myself here. You
1: are. You should be. You should feel depressed.
2: But we got Kenyon Barner, so it don't matter. Barner yeah, had, a great, back. had a yeah, great, yeah. great punt return, seventy-six yards, reversing the other side of the field. Could have took it back. Looked good in the in in the in the running game too, which I think is definitely going to help uh, help them going forward. Just to have you know you know um, four health, healthy backs to really you know spread the ball around and you know work them all into the offense going forward for the rest of the season.
1: Well, that's cool. I mean, uh, it, it it led to what was a very promising, very positive all-around game from that offense. And then also that defense came to play as well. You know, we were all worried about Larry Fitzgerald coming in because he's been an Eagles killer pretty much his entire life. Mm-hmm. And that did not happen. Nope, oh, you know,
2: six catches for fifty-one yards. Malcolm exactly. Jenkins did a solid Very job, of job. staying yes. on, staying yes, stayed,
1: on. It, stayed, with him the whole the whole time. We were worried about put, putting pressure on the quarterback with no Fletcher Cox. Tim Ger- Jernigan had a good game. Heard his name a lot. Vinny Curry played well. Heard his name a lot. Brandon Graham was on fire. You know, he this defense this defense played well. This front seven played well, and it has really made. It It's worked hard to hide the deficiencies that we thought the secondary would have. Yes. You know, when you looked at this team, you knew the front seven was going to be good. You mm-hmm. knew that front line, those linebackers would be good. Right. And you knew that, the, that they were pretty decent in at safety as well. Yes. You know, Malcolm Jenkins is not a question mark, you know, he's solid.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And your question was, you know, the biggest question mark was, the uh was going to be the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with all the injuries that you've had with them, it's just a bigger question mark. Right. However, you know, I, I feel like the the overall play of this defense, the mm-hmm. level that Jim Schwartz has this defense playing at right now, right, has really done a good job of masking the problems mm-hmm. so far this season. Definitely. You know, so. Yeah.
2: And, and, and you got to give credit to the secondary stepping up. Patrick Robinson, who a lot of people were worried about based on his play back in Indianapolis, you know, he stepped up big time. I think he's like, he was rated like number one by pro football focus. And I know Eagle fans have a lot of hate for pro football focus <laughs> given on the, the week. There's a lot of hatred on that. But he was rated number one. So take that with a grain of salt in advanced mm-hmm. analytics and everything. But he's played well. Jalen Mills, you know, he hasn't been getting yeah. beat like that this season, which is an improvement. And Russell yeah. Douglas, you know, he's going to have his bumps and bruises, but he's, like you he said, he's solid. he's solid. And that's all you need from him exactly. right now until Darby gets back. Once Darby gets back, yes. then things will start to mm-hmm. reshuffle themselves. And yeah. you can rotate maybe Douglas in mm-hmm. when you need to on, like, certain players yes. or certain downs. Yeah. And same thing with Mills and, and mm-hmm. Robinson. It, yeah. Things will be much more sound when Darby comes back.
1: Exactly, exactly. Exactly, good win, positive win helps you move on. Now, look, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back later, and we're going to talk about this Carolina game, mm. which you know that's you know, a whole different story. New, you know, new, new week, new game. Yeah. So we will come back. We'll talk about Carolina a little bit later, but
2: it was interesting.
1: It, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, a lot to talk about where that is concerned. You know and it, I'm still not sold on the whole it's it's like I'm still not sold on the short week. Yeah. You know, it has its ups and its downs. Like I'm you know, I'm glad that the team now has especially when they're coming back and they're playing Monday night. Yeah. So now they have eleven days, you know, it's almost like a second bye week. Yeah. So that's the good, you know, but the bad part is just getting there. Yeah. The bad part is just getting there. So we'll talk about this Carolina game, all right. So let's take a quick break and let's Let us shift gears. All right, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk Sixers because we haven't started to talk. We haven't talked Sixers like all
2: season. Nope,
1: haven't talked Sixers all season. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk Sixers. We're going to bring in Adio's main man. Not your well, Adio was his name. (laughs) Javon's main man, Adio. It's all man. Look at Slate, man. Yeah, I know. It's late, man. Tongue tied. It happens. Whatever. So sue me. It's my podcast. Not yours. It's whatever. I don't care. I'll do whatever I want. I'll say whatever I want because we're the best in the world. And you can hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time. At B-I-T-W sports. At B-I-T-W sports. We're the best in the world. We're here all the time. We ain't going nowhere. No. No. No, we're not. Alright? So we'll be right back. Best in the world.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Fly at
4: phillygoflow.com.
0: If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslaw.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com.
3: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report.
1: And we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown Joe Von Alford from Total Sports Live here with you for another edition of the Philly Sports Podcast. Switching gears from what we've talked about for pretty much the whole first month of the season. we talked a lot of Eagles. Yep. A lot of Eagles. But for the first time, we can talk your team, your town, your 76ers. Big news this week. And the big news this week was that their big man, the big man in charge. Not DJ North Star, shout out to him. Uh but the center, the cornerstone, the franchise. The
2: process. The process. Yeah, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. I had to fill it in. I understand. I understand. I respect that. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. Five years, hundred forty eight million. He's gonna be here, y'all. He's here, he ain't going nowhere. So, with that news, we had to bring in. We we had to com- we had to complete what we have called the total sports live takeover. Yes. You I have allowed you and your team to completely come on, come here and take over my podcast. Put a lot of work into this podcast. Yes. And over the course of a month half your staff is now on my show.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it's
1: cool. It I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like you you roll with with a bunch of jerks nah. or anything like that. You know, it's not like you roll nah. with suckers, You know, so it's cool. So let's talk about the sixes. Let's talk about Joel Embiid, and let's bring in our guest right now, ladies and gentlemen, from Total Sports Live, Mr. Adil Royster. What's going on, my friend?
5: So uh, let me just point. Let me just uh, elaborate on something. I wouldn't necessarily call it a takeover per uh-huh. se, but you know how when um, the United States they have to do some things like militarily, yes, you, like they sometimes send in the Marines or like the Navy SEALs. Uh-huh. We're we're just we're just kind of like the specialists. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. So just just think of it that way.
1: So so this, these are the specialists. This, this is the special team brought. You know that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> what, it's like this 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 how. I, you know, let, let me paint this picture for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. If I'm the Jay Z of this operation,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Jovan is Beanie Siegel, okay. and the rest of the Total Sports Live crew, y'all is state property. You know that that's 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 who that's who I call because y'all nice in your own right.
5: I mean I can you be know. freeway, that's you fine. Exa- you yeah, exactly. can be freeway,
1: there you go. All right. <laughs> okay. So well, so here, so here we go. So you be your beans. A D. O. is free. Uh Caitlin Hemsley, um see I don't wanna insult her right now, but <laughs> Caitlin doesn't. <laughs> C- Caitlyn does listen to hip hop anyway, so it's, yo, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I heard. <laughs> I going to about the MC yeah. Light thing. K- so K- Caitlyn's going to be Amelia. Uh, I feel Sparks. like
5: there's. I feel like there's no way that you cannot uh, insult her yeah, because tried, if you either, look at the, if you look at the track record of females in yeah, state property, it's yeah, not yeah, that it's strong. Not, it's so not strong.
1: So you know, uh, here we go. All right, C- Caitlin and Angela are the young guns. All right. I'll do, I, I, can I can do that. All right, I that's, can do that. That, that's Kristen Neef right there. All right, see, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I was, I was, I'm glad I was able to come back with that because I'm not really quite sure if calling her uh, Emilio Sparks was really a good thing. <laughs> right. You know what? But I mean, it, it just—it is what it is. I was at a loss, but I was able to dig myself out of that hole. Oh, Sorry, right. uh, Caitlin's probably come. Uh, Caitlin's going to come up a little bit later. All right, let's let's talk let's talk Sixers. All right, we got Sixers to this to discuss. Let's let's. The big man is here. The big man is here, and he's going to be here for the next couple of years. Are you on board with this signing? Let's just cut right to the chase.
5: Um. So after seeing Joel get uh, 11 points, four boards, and one block in six minutes, my only thought is uh, can we pay him more money? Can, exactly. can we give him some more money? Is that possible?
1: Yes. Oh, that's why I like this
5: guy. Yeah. That's I'm just – I'm just saying, like if if Scott O'Neill if he needs some help, I can I can put a twenty on that, I guess. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Let's start. Like the, the GoFund... money
5: I'm not spending on Comcast, can I just put that towards <laughs> Joel Embiid's contract? I can do that right exactly. now.
1: Exactly. Let's start the GoFundMe page to start to sign to sign Joel Embiid to his second extension before he's even started the first season of his first extension. I need. Now, it, it goes
5: without saying that MB this extension was necessary because it was going to be the hot topic all season long, and the fact that they got it done before the season started, that was a nice move. That was something to get out of the way really quickly, so I am personally kind of glad they did that. The contract is structured well, and it has injury insurance, so um, we, we good.
1: We happy. Exactly. Now, there are- this deal has its critics. There are people who aren't on board. There are people who have concerns, questions, whatever you want to call it. And the number one thing, the number one thing on their list is Embiid's health. In your eyes, when they made this deal, like how much does health play a part and do you think do you think the Sixers made a good choice given his health history? I mean, he truth is he hasn't played He hasn't played a lot of games, although he's been in the league for a couple of years now. You know, he's he's not really a rookie. I mean, he should be a seasoned vet, yet he has only played, what, 30 games? 31 games? Yep, only
5: 31. I mean, without the injury insurance, I probably feel a different way, but because that's part of the contract, it doesn't bug me as much. I mean – Let's let's be honest. If he plays 50 to 60 games for the entirety of the contract, I mean, like per year, 50, 60 games per year for the entirety of the contract, that's definitely money well spent. Um, And like we're talking about it right now, and the Sixers are currently on a 27 to one run against the Brooklyn Nets. It's it's crazy what he does to this team. So 148 over five with injury insurance. I'm fine with it. If he plays my benchmark has always been 50 games in the regular season and then keep him fresh for the playoffs. No back to backs or anything like that, which the schedule will Help and allow for. So I'm not as worried about his health as some might be. And the health concerns with the contract, those arguments are definitely warranted. Like we all said, he's only played 31 professional games. But in those 31 games, he's been putting up godlike numbers. So I, I think it's worth it.
1: All right. Once again, we are here with Adil Royster. Part of state pro, I mean, uh, total sports. <laughs> uh, one more thing about MB before we move on to the rest of this team. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know if I'm not even quite sure if you want to call it a, a controversy or whatever, but uh, one of the, I guess, underlying stories, one of uh, kind of a blip on the screen, if you, however, you want to call it. Was the fact that when the season started, when training camp started, this team, uh, he was not on the court for five on five drills, and it was reported by Howard Eskin, who had talked about he didn't. He said that Embiid was not going to play on five on five drills until he signed his contract. Part of that seems like common sense to me, like not it's not a big deal, but there, it was it was a subject of a lot of debate. In your eyes. Was this a big deal, and do you mind as someone who who follows this team? First
5: of all, when you're talking about um, something that Howard Eskin says, like don't just take it with a grain of salt, take it with the entire um, sodium reserve of the entire of the entirety of planet Earth, okay? It's like all the all the salt take it, just anything Howard Eskin says, take it with all of the sodium in all of the world. Um, Especially when it was proven that Howard was um, FOS, and I'll just say that to keep it G-rated.
1: I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) There might be kids listening, I I doubt it, but there might be.
5: There are very few things that I will take Howard Eskin's word on anymore, and that's just that's just how I am and the whole unnamed sources and all that and all that crap all that garbage I don't I don't buy that so when I hear something like that from Howard Eskin I'm usually pretty trained in not believing what he says until
2: I get some corroborating reports
1: all right.
2: yeah I mean we mentioned Howard Eskin obviously and if people didn't read a deal's nice story about training camp Optimism and Inquiry on TotalsportsLive.com. I throw that quick plug in there. My God. Cheap plug. Quick quick with the plugs, though. I mean, that was, I mean,
1: (laughs) there's nothing wrong. I have taught you well. (laughs) You got to throw them plugs in. I taught you. You got to. Exactly. Also, the
2: host of the Realist Philadelphia podcast, by the way, too. All 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 right. What is it called again? The Realist Philadelphia podcast. You know, Giovanna's
5: thrown in. Giovanna's thrown in more plugs than Rain, Wayne Rooney's hair, man. Jeez.
1: <laughs> oh wow, God! But he's got to. He's got. Look, man. This man's got an empire to build, man. <laughs> that's
5: a that's a deep cut for people that don't follow uh, English Premier League. But those of you that follow EPL, like you, got the joke, so it's fine.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Go ahead. And it's funny. We talk about Mb for just one more quick minute. It's funny. I'm reading rereading his story. and He says the former Kansas Jayhawk is absolutely worth any amount. And if, indeed, does play 45 to 50 games or more, expect the Brinks truck to pull up to Joel's house, which had already happened. The Brinks truck is there. He can get $178 million, by the way. That's the super max. So he can be getting cashed out. But um, we're talking about another top pick, you know, Mark Fultz. There's a lot of discussion around this kid. He had a pretty good Utah summer league, but then... Got injured in the Vegas Summer League, which all devoided us again of not seeing them, of not seeing the Sixers' top pick taking on the Lakers' top pick, and Lonzo proceeded to cook us, and everybody thought the world was coming to an end. But um, a lot of people are concerned about Fultz's shooting form, which it looks kind of odd. I don't know who changed it. Are you concerned about Markel? Because I don't know what's going on. His shot form look. I think between me and you, his shot form looked pretty good in summer league but i don't know why he decided to change it he's doing weird spinning things with the ball shooting free throws i don't know if they're messing up the kid
5: um so i have two thoughts on that one it's the preseason and i'm not really concerned when guys are trying things out in the preseason if it doesn't work then he'll just revert back to what he was doing anyway and second, about the injury concerns, there was the ankle thing that he had in summer league. There are reports about a lingering shoulder problem, which he's wearing kinesiology tape for. I you know people want to get on they they want to Call rush to as many they want to rush to as many hot takes as humanly possible. And let's just clear the air real quick james harden wears the same kind of tape you want to know how many in- shoulder injuries james harden has had zero mm-hmm. so everybody needs to just calm down harden just wears it because according to him it helps all of the tendons and the muscles work the way that they're supposed to whether or not it actually does that who knows but he believes that's what it does so i'm not gonna knock the guy for doing things to take care of himself
2: it's like Iverson in the arm sleeve. Everybody was like, "All right, we understand why he first weared it. Then it just became like a staple.
1: And, and not, then everyone yeah. had to have one. Yeah, exactly. My, my, my son likes to wear him. He plays baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck do you need an arm sleeve for <laughs> to play baseball? And, not, and he doesn't wear it on his throwing hand.
2: I wear one. For
5: the arm sleeve is one. legit though. Uh,
1: the arm for what? It,
5: it it helps it helps constrict a little bit and keep things um, warm, so that part I can understand. Especially in baseball, if you're a pitcher,
1: people I mean, people are gonna start playing basketball in pants now. It's like <laughs> want, there was one, you know. Oh it, oh, when
2: the NBA was going through the tight phase, so the tights tights. everyone was wearing tights, <laughs>
1: tights all the way down to their ankles. Now it's like the only it, it, the only thing players have exposed now is their head. Yeah, that's that's what it's coming to. Players just fully fully colored, gloves and all. Yeah. But it, if, you know, if I
5: recall correctly, um, Jared Bayless at the blue and white scrimmage at the Palestra uh, last week, I'm pretty sure he was scrimmaging and jeggings, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I, they were I, definitely long pants, though.
1: Players are not even going to take their warm-ups up, warm <laughs> off now right. when they play. You're going to see a player go onto the court, it is, and it's probably it's going to be like a center. It's going to be a big man. It's going to be like Embiid. He's not going to take his warm ups off. He's just going to go out to the court to jump to jump the ball. up. He's going to toss the ball. He's going to still have his warm up shirt on, his, his sweatpants on. He might even have a hoodie. Might bring his goggles back. Out. Wear, like <laughs> I'm pretty sure if the NBA would let him, Carmelo Anthony would play in the hoodie that he's yes. been in all summer. Yes, he would. He lives 100
2: percent, 100
5: percent. Hoodie Ridiculous. Mello is not Ridiculous. Hoodie Mello is not. He's not a uh, that's that's not a that's not a rumor anymore. Like Hoodie Mel- yeah. Mello is a thing and he needs to appear in like legit NBA regular season games.
1: Dr. I Jay, need
5: this in my life right now.
1: Dr. J used to cook people basically wearing underwear. And now players got to be fully covered up so they can be restricted <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. Underwear
5: and a six-inch afro, exactly. like the dude was not aerodynamic at all.
1: Doctor J, and
5: he had here. on converse. Doctor
1: J was out here and converse. <laughs> Doctor J was out here, damn near just cooking people and in, and in, 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 damn near naked. And now you got players out here completely, fully wearing layers. People are wearing layers now, but none, nonetheless, I hear what you're saying. You know, it's like I think. You know the shoulder is the shoulder is a concern, but I am not ready to panic yet. Uh, but uh, but you know, given the history of this team, mm-hmm. the fact that I you know, Jalil Okafor was the last you know draft pick to actually play his rookie year. You know, when you think about the you know the player you know the star players, the potential cornerstones since this process started, Ja and MCW. <laughs> rookies who were actually rookies.
2: Yeah. That actually played. JoJo?
1: No. Ben. Ben? No. no. nerlins no. no. So you see Markel Fultz out here shooting basketballs like Charles Barkley hits golf shots. And then you say Okay yeah. now. Come on, man. He's out there That's doing,
5: a little harsh.
1: Yo, your man's out there at the foul line, look doing the robot before he puts the shot up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, he, he's out there doing the robot <laughs> before he puts a shot up every time, and then you're hearing, you're hearing a shoulder injury. That's going to, sk- I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating just a little bit. <laughs> Listen, but
5: other people can p- hit the panic button if they want
2: to. Just I'm not
5: going to do it. Not, that's I, all I'm I saying.
1: Hear you. I hear you.
2: Sixers, I hear you. The, the Facebook group Sixers 24-7 hits the.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, they, they hit the panic button.
1: Kansas. Let me tell you. All right, can we talk about. My panic six?
2: button is broken. Like, it doesn't work anymore.
5: Like, I have to get a new one.
1: Let's talk about the Sixers 24-7 group real quick. Yes. All right. And <laughs> I oh, Can I, we me, not. You know what? <laughs> I I have petitioned the administrators of that group to change that name. The name of that group, the dumbass trades are us,
4: or overreactions twenty four seven.
1: Overreactions twenty four seven. Dumbass trades are us. Why haven't we signed every free agent possible? Right. <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> Sixers <or> Six. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> NBA two K eighteen said we could trade TJ McConnell, Nick Stauskis, and a player to be named later for LeBron. Why hasn't BC made that possible?
5: Listen, sucks. If you're if you're if you're a Sixers fan and you don't have Liberty Ballers yeah. bookmarked to yeah. your web browser, yeah. then something's seriously wrong with you and you really need to get away from 6 cents and all the other nonsense out
1: there. I mean, I, I mean, they I, mean, I mean, they're good posts. But it's no what no 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 it is? real talk. 6 24/7 is like the discount uh the discount DVD bin at Walmart. <laughs> where they got that big bucket of of DVDs where if you dig through that bucket if you dig through that big bin, mm-hmm. you'll find some classic movies. Yep. But you gotta sift through a lot of garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta sift through bad Emilio Estevez movies and little teeny bopper movies that you don't care about. TV shows that got canceled after six episodes. Yep. But then you might find.
5: Six Christ. different, six different, straight to video. Door the Explorer Adventures. Yes,
1: exactly. You're gonna find that. <laughs> That's what you're gonna find in that group, in, in that bin. But Daniel's like, oh snap! The director's cut of New Jack City mm-hmm. for three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Here it is, double feature, Boys in the Hood and Menace.
5: I'm I'm totally looking up to actually see if there is a director's cut of New Jack City.
1: (laughs) If it is, it is at the very bottom of the discount DVD bin at Walmart. And when when you find it, you know, it's like you feel like you've won. Exactly. Because you know that you just spent 25 minutes of your life digging through some of the most garbage movies
4: Mm -hmm. ever made.
1: And that's, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll find good posts. But then you're going to find people talking about why hasn't Ben Simmons put up 50 points yet in the, in the third preseason game of the year? Right. Why is Markel Fultz, you know, Markel Fultz will never be Lonzo Ball because he didn't score enough points in the third preseason game of the year. We should fire Brett Brown, um, hire Mark Jackson, Oh God! All, all that stuff—you're gonna find that.
5: <laughs> Mark Jackson just needs to stay at ESPN and just
2: exactly. keep collecting checks. Exactly. Now y'all got me. Now y'all got
1: me. Now you, you want to get off there? There you the go. Do
2: it. I'm still looking at these six twenty four seven to see if I can find the trash. You're
1: gonna. Trash it.
5: You to you do not have to look that hard.
1: You're gonna get tendonitis sifting <laughs> through all that <laughs> trash. <laughs> Seriously. Your your, your your thumb is gonna fall off, but. Let's, let's, now let's, here's
5: here's let's, a question that I have for, for you too. Okay. Um there's a lot of talk as far as like rotations. I'm of the mindset that uh the homie, Dario, he needs to be coming off the bench leading the second unit. That's what Dario needs to be doing. There's no need to start Dario Saric. Yes. Do you I, agree I, with that or not?
1: I, I agree with I that agree. because Primarily for what you have seen on this team so far this preseason. Mm -hmm. And that is a bunch of guys. Without Embiid on the floor, you have a bunch of guys struggling to score. Yeah. You start. If you start Dario, then you have Simmons, Fultz, Dario, Embiid, and Roko. Starting your game, you're going to jump out to a thirty five to ten lead and then you're going to bring in your bench players who are then going to get outscored forty five to six.
2: Yep. exactly.
1: You you have no one on your bench that can score. No. You know, so I don't mind Dario coming off the bench. I know Dario hates it, but I, I, I kind of felt what he said. uh got interviewed a couple weeks ago. Mm hmm. Um, not, not, maybe last week, I think it was. Right. Got asked, how does he feel about coming off the bench? Said he doesn't like it, but he's more concerned with finishing the game.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll if, be in that situation yeah. more than, yeah, more than yeah. not.
1: As long as, you know, when when the game is on the line, you got Dario on, on the floor, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Whether he starts is irrelevant, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I, I don't mind. I, I would rather Dario Sarge be leading the charge off the bench than Nick Stowskis. Yeah. You know? And... In-
5: In crunch time, for example, I wouldn't, like, last four minutes of a game, I wouldn't mind this lineup at all. Uh, Simmons at the point initiating the offense, Roko, Saric, um, Embiid, and Fultz. That's a really diverse crunch time five. You can do a lot of things with that. You can have three different guys posting up, and if if Lord Covington has a mismatch, a smaller guard, for example, you can post him up, too. And with those five guys on the floor in defensive matchups, they'll be able to switch everything.
1: There, there are no. There, I, I, there are very little room for mismatches mm. with with that. You know, with with that group.
2: No, it's not. And then you know, a lot of people. And, if, and it's funny that he's you know bring this up because a lot of people. You know they want Sarge to start because they have such a dis a dislike for Robert Covington. Like there's a strong yeah. dislike in the city for Robert Covington. So
1: see, you're, you're seeing no which no, I just no,
2: don't understand. What, I, no, I don't understand that you, at all.
5: You want
1: to know why you say that? I'll tell you why you say that. Because you're sitting there spraining your thumb on Sixers twenty four seven. Who believes that <laughs> every position player on the team should be an all star, and that there's no room for 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 role players and 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 just. Veterans to sit the end of the bench. There's nothing wrong with Roco. Rocco, Rocco yeah, I understand Rocco's not a star. I don't need Rocco to be a star. No. No I need to be a star. Need Ben Simmons to be a star. No I need to be a star. I need Markel Fultz to be a star. I need Ja to be okay. Right. You know, it, there, there's levels to this. Vegan there, Ja. Yeah. I need Vegan Ja to be good. <laughs> you know, I, I need I need I need good from him. And so far, I've been cool with that. We'll get we'll we'll we'll, we'll jump back into that. You know, save my spot and, there. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna circle back to vegan job. Mm-hmm. All right.
5: And last, last, thing about Covington. The way I always describe Covington to people is, and I think it's perfect. Take Tony Allen's defense, but add a three pointer. That's yep. Robert Covington. Okay, I,
1: like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'll take that. I'll, I'll buy that. We'll take I will it. I'll buy that. All right. Vegan jaw. Yes. Man is out here cooking up broccoli. So far this season, man. He's out here serving uh, tofu and whatever stuff, vegan. I I don't know. I need meat in my life. But, hey, it's whatever. I I, I can't do that. But he's out here. You know, he looks better. Mm -hmm. And, honestly, right now, I'm not quite sure what player in this city is a better example of what you can get with patience. Him or Nelson Aguilar. Him or Nelson Aguilar. Two players who... Couldn't be who couldn't lead his town quick enough. Same draft class yeah. too, twenty fifteen. Exactly, yeah. But now you know you're sitting there like, okay, these guys could be all right. Mm-hmm. Might not be stars. You know, might not live up to the position where they were drafted.
2: But that's okay.
1: But still con- contributors. Mm-hmm. And at this point, now that we've invested one hundred and forty-eight million into Embiid, I think it it, it is a better. Protection of our investment, mm-hmm. keeping him here now. Yep. My question is, Adio, you come on here. I'm, I'm gonna give you the floor, and you tell the world why I'm right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, here's why you are because I like. This guy. We yeah. all have been disappointed in Julian Okafor since he was drafted. He was, he was the, he was the wrong pick, and that's only because. Uh, Sixers management would not allow Sam Hinkie to draft Porzingis, which is who he wanted. That's documented. That's on paper. You can look it up on the Internet. Um, This past offseason, like we've been saying, he shed 20 pounds thanks to a mostly vegan diet. And I got to say, watching him on highlights, watching him at the blue-white scrimmage, he looked very, very more nimble than he has ever before. His footwork on defense was a lot better. He was in position a lot more times than he wasn't. And he even blocked some shots. So I'm encouraged to see what um, Okafor can do in little 10- to 15-minute spurts. Obviously, you would probably rather have Rashawn Holmes getting more minutes or Amir Johnson getting more minutes, but I mean, with Rashawn out for three weeks, mm-hmm. then Okver is going to get more minutes, and we're really going to see what Leak and Ja is all about this year. And when the rotation came in last year, oh, how are you going to have two big men or three big men or however the hell many big men we had last year all at the same time? My position was simple. Take Okafer, move him to the bench, and put him in, like, an Ines Cantor situation. Yes. Like, when they had with, when he was with Oklahoma City. Cantor mm-hmm. would come in for 20 to 25 minutes and absolutely feast on second unit big men yep. of opposing teams. Because they had nobody that could match Cantor's skill in the post and his, his, his mid-range game, his post moves, and... Similarly, Okafer is really, really good with, with post moves. I like it. We'd all like it a little bit more if he wasn't so isolationist and just hold the ball, pound the ball. But he has been moving a lot better and his his pick and rolls have actually been a lot better this season from what I've seen compared to last season.
1: Now, let me let me let me interject real quick. <laughs> because I completely agree with wanting and ha- wanting and having the desire to see more Rashawn Holmes. Although, if you're going to ask me who should get the more opportunities to get big, get playing time, you know, I'm always going to lean in the direction of the guy you drafted higher. You know, it's like I concur and I concede the point that. Rashawn Holmes has more than earned the playing time that he gets. And I, I cannot not that he deserves to get the playing time that he gets. But if you're, you know, in the end, when you're sitting here like, okay, who do you play? Who has the more upside? Who, you know, who could possibly have the more upside? Because, you know, we still have not seen exactly what Ja can do. You know, it's still early. And, unfor- and unfortunately for Ja, so far, you know, Rashawn Holmes has the better body of work. Yeah. However, if you're in a situation where you have to decide who's going to get these minutes, you know, I'm always going to lean toward, well, you drafted this guy third overall. And I'm not at the point yet where I'm ready to write him off. I admit, there have been times he's just just pissed me off.
2: Yeah, like last year's game against Miami, for
1: example. it's It's like, you you. You put that game against Miami, mm-hmm. and then there's also, but and that's an example of how he's pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Then I watched him cook Carl Anthony Towns his rookie year, yeah. put up 25 points on him, had him bewildered. Or
2: he cooked the Mavericks his mm-hmm. rookie year.
1: Cooked the Mavericks, <laughs> you know, or or the fact that Porzingis the bo- Porzingis basically serves uh, Ja dinner every time they ah. play each other. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, and and to me, it's like I hear people talking about Porzingis over job. But the fact of the matter is, Joe ja owns Porzingis. All right, you know he belongs to Joe. Ja. That's and, that, and that's just the truth. And I'm not convinced that Porzingis can be the man in New York. We'll see. Ooh. And I and I it, look. I, look I, I, I ain't no journalist. I ain't no you know, professional. So if I'm wrong, I can come back and say I was wrong. You know. But right now, I'm saying I have my doubts. <laughs> I have my, so,
5: I, so mark, yeah. it, mark it down right now. Okay. Um, you, you heard it here first. October 11, 2017, yes. 8.51 yes. p.m. Yes. Eastern yes. Standard Time. Kristaps Porzingis, yeah. Porzingis will win um, the NBA's Most Improved Player Award this year. Word.
1: You think so? Okay.
5: Because this is now year one of the Porzingis era. Okay. He is going to be out there to make a point um, that – this team should have revolved around me. You shouldn't have wasted all then you shouldn't have wasted the first two years of my career appeasing Carmelo Anthony. You should have just turned this team over to me and just said, All right, we just want to get Carmelo out of here. Let's do something. We need to we need to turn over this new leaf and just start this new era like right now. Okay. And with Porzingis running things in New York with uh, uh, with Frankie Nicotine and the very, very overpaid Tim Hardaway Jr. I think they're off to a decent start, and then, you know, they still have N.S. Cancer. He'll be the other big man there, and and as Jovan knows, one of my personal favorites, Dougie McBuckets, plays the New York Knicks. So I I actually kind of think that's a fun little starting five for a couple of weeks.
2: McBuckets raining shots down in the no, garden, let me, and Spike Lee going crazy. Let, let
1: me interject here. <laughs> Because, I I think you very well could be right, and if you are right, it would not surprise me. If you are right, I will say, hey, you know what? A deal came on this show, and he said this back in October, <laughs> and he was absolutely right. October eleventh, eight fifty-one p.m. Yeah, you what? <laughs> Time he, stamp he, it. He he wrote that down. I did not, but <laughs> but however. You know, I gotta if, take, if, if I, gotta take is, a, if, I gotta take a picture so I can save if, it in iCloud. Yeah, if, if, if this comes, if this comes to fruition, you know, I will, I will gladly be like, you know what, man, this man told us, and I didn't believe him, because the point is, I don't believe you. All I right. don't, I don't believe in the Knicks. I feel like the Knicks will find a new and innovative way to screw this up. I think, you know, in the, I, I think in the end, at least two of the players that you mentioned, you pick a two, will under. Uh, Will underperform this year, and I think we'll be sitting there looking at. I think by the end of the season, you'll be sitting there looking at. You'll either be saying, you're looking at Porzingis saying, "What's wrong with Porzingis?" or "How long will he want to stay here?" Hmm. I think those just
5: to uh, just to just to add stats to my argument, and kind of back it up. Okay, per hundred per hundred possessions last year, and this was. Dealing with Carmelo and all of his nonsense, per hundred possessions, twenty-seven point six points, eleven rebounds. So somebody's gonna have to get those points. Somebody's gonna have to pull down those rebounds. Now that Carmelo's gone, who do you think is gonna get those points and rebounds? Because it sure as hell ain't gonna be it sure as hell ain't gonna be Tim Hardaway Jr. or Ennis Cantor. That's for sure.
1: I hear
2: you. Listen, and you you're don't see a lot don't of bet against this betting man right here.
1: I, I, well, look, man, I, I ain't got no money. Yeah, he's always, so he's, I, always I he's always
2: he's always straight cash for
1: Well, look, <laughs> uh, see, here is the problem. I I like video games too. I like Jordans. I got I got a good collection of Jordans. You, you see my Jordans, you know. I am I am yeah, rocking these tens today. Very I got fresh. My ten, very th- fresh. Th- fr- thank you, thank you. I, I do all right, but know what? I also got. I got four kids. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to maintain <laughs> Jordan's video games and eating, I can't be making bets like that. Yeah. I am broke. <laughs> so I all I could do is say, hey, you know what? I think I'm right. And if I'm right, I'm gonna bring a Dio back on this show and I'm gonna roast him. And if I'm wrong, <laughs> I will. Then, you. Yes, he can. He can more than like. He's like hey, you remember when we was when I was on the show back in October. And you told me that you thought I was wrong. It looked like I was right. John. I'm like, you know what? Man? I'm just I'm just saying, it, 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 you know, I'm,
5: I'm just saying I might I might have to call my friend Vinny the bookie because um, Chris asked for to win most improved player is plus 900 oh, which cool. means if i bet 100 i get 900 back so, so that's a
1: so that's
5: here. a nice that's a nice bet that's i'm willing that's, to make
1: that's a nice bet and if he that's winning, good value if,
5: if, for that if that
1: happens we're all going out to eat yep <laughs> a deal is gonna pay <laughs> And he might sure. buy and he, and he might buy us all a pair of Jordans. He'd buy us all a pair of tens. We could all go out there. We can all go out there in our tens, go out to dinner.
5: <laughs> we'll go out we'll all go out, we'll all go out in our in our Jordan tens and eat nothing but unicorn meat like all night. That's fine. I hear you. It's perfectly okay.
1: I hear you. All right, real quick before we before we let you go. Uh now that now that we're turning the page in the process, I know people. There are a lot of people who want to say, "All right, the process is over." Mm-hmm. You know, process whatever. never dies. No, the pro- I agree with you. The process never dies. You're just going to the next phase of the process, where now you're, you know, you you have talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sitting out there looking at what can Ishmith Smith and Furkan Aldemir and Javale McGee do. Jarvis Bernardo, come on, son. Jarvis Bernardo, KJ McDaniels, team, KJ McD- Byron not, Mullins. You're not, you're not sitting here oh wondering God. about players that you know will be pumping gas by the end of the season. No, times have changed. So I'm asking you now: At what point, you know, especially if this team struggles out the gate? Because I think. People are people are people see the potential and they see the talent of this team and they almost automatically just think, are oh, okay, you know, we're contenders now." And I'm like, "No, we're not con- You know, we're not contenders. You got cr- this is a this is a process. It is still a process. The process has not died. However, at what point now do you start looking at Brett Brown, especially if this team struggles?
5: Um, that's a good question, because we're finally going to get to see what kind of head coach Brett Brown is in, is when he has all of his toys, all at once. Um, he's going to have Simmons, he's going to have Fultz, he's going to have Embiid, he's going to have Dario, he's going to have everybody, plus um, a 46% shooter in J.J. Redick, I don't think I don't think the sixers will be sub 500 after the first 20 games barring some unique uh, freak accident um, I think at worst because I always use the first 20 games as a benchmark I feel like at worst the sixers would be seven and thirteen eight and 12 something like that I don't think they're gonna be, like five and fifteen or or something like that. Just I don't I don't believe that's I don't I just don't believe that's gonna happen. But if it does, if they win if they only win six of their first twenty, then yeah, maybe I would start looking at Brett Brown. But I wouldn't be so quick to pull the trapdoor out from under him because he has earned the right, in my opinion, to kind of see this thing through for at least one full season. Mm-hmm and all the, all the people there thinking that we're contenders, everybody needs to ease back on the throttle about that. The Sixers, even completely healthy, I don't think they're a top-four team in the East. Um, I think 5-6 is probably the ceiling for this team right now because the top four in the East in some order is Cleveland, Boston, Washington, and Toronto. Uh, the Sixers are going to be in that five to seven range along with Charlotte. Um, Charlotte's actually a sneaky top four pick, too, if Toronto starts slow. Because I actually, I actually really like the Hornets team that they've assembled now with uh, with Dwight Howard and Kemble Walker and Malik Monk coming off the bench. I like what the Hornets have kind of put together. So we'll see what happens with them. But... If the Sixers can get to the five seed, I feel like that's the max for the ceiling this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. All right. So, time to, put, time to put your man on the spot. Yep. All right. Time oh, to put oh him God. His, yeah. You, come on. Dude. What now? Come on, dude. You knew this was coming, man. <laughs> yeah, As, I kind of did. It,
5: but it, still, on, I was man. really kind of yeah. hoping you'd forget. No. <laughs> no. That's not
1: going to happen, Doc. I forgot. Jay Z doesn't bring anything. Exactly. Jay Z didn't bring anything. <laughs> hey, that's a whole. Come on, man. I'll spend a whole nother podcast roasting you on that. But that's 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 neither here nor there. All right. Prediction time for the season. Okay. Where, where do where do you see this team?
5: Okay. Honest, educated guess. And I'm factoring in that Embiid only plays.
1: 50 games. Your man is
5: stalling. He's stalling. Best educated guess, six seed.
1: Six seed. How many wins?
5: 40. Somewhere between 40 and 42.
1: 40 and 42. Okay, all right. All right, in the East. That's That's good. Yeah, that's good. can I'll, As, I'll, with honestly, the max, you know, we,
5: with the mass exodus of players leaving the east to go to the west the east is really weak so 40 wins could very well be the 5 seed, to be perfectly honest
1: i hear you but real quick why are players don't like why why is that happening because i'm sitting here and i look at every free agent move these teams have made this season this off season what they've done this summer, and not one, not a bit of it, makes anybody remotely as good as Golden State. I don't get
5: it. I I don't get it at all. Um, The entire Western Conference playoffs, this uh, next playoffs, just fasten your seatbelt, get your popcorn ready, because the Western playoffs next year is going to be next. The West playoff run coming up mm -hmm. is going to be, GD Thunderdome, it's gonna be
2: insane.
1: It's,
4: uh, it, A
2: bloodbath.
1: I mean, honestly, I mean, it, I, I, I see, I, I see Golden State twelve blowouts in finals. Yeah, uh, you know, four, 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 four. that That's 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 what it's gonna be. And and I don't I don't see, I, I don't I don't think, Oklahoma's Oklahoma City's not as good as. Is, uh... No,
5: and Oklahoma City, like the thing with Oklahoma City is like, look, they do realize that basketball is played with one basketball, basketball. on the court. It's not like Russell gets a ball, Paul George gets That's a ball, and Carmelo right. gets a ball. No, no, there's one basketball for all ten guys on the court.
2: Exactly. I'm and, just thinking of the LeBron James meme right now. I'm just thinking I'm just sitting there like P G, PG thirteen, PG it's, County.
1: It's, don't it's, matter. Seriously. It doesn't matter. It doesn't and then, honestly, I think Houston's going to fail. I think Houston's going yeah. to fail. I think they have consistently, consistently, consistently gotten it wrong. I know they want, they want so badly to build a big three, and they've been doing it the wrong way. I think I, when I look at teams who have done it wrong, I look at Houston and I look at the Knicks. I think the Knicks, if they... If the Knicks are going to get it right, and like I said, I'm not quite sure they will, but I think that they have more of a formula. They they're closer to the formula of getting it right than Houston. I believe that when you look when you look at big 3s, when you when you're trying to build a big 3, no matter whether it be Boston's big 3, Miami's big 3, the New Cleveland big 3, the Golden State big 3, the linchpin, the cornerstone, the foundation of whatever that team it is has to be somebody you drafted. When it was Boston, it was Paul Pierce. When it was Miami, it was Dwayne Wade. If you want to say, you know, yes, LeBron left and came back, uh, but they drafted Kyrie. You know, wh- whoever you want to be, Ky- right. whether it be Kyrie or LeBron James, whoever you want to put, you know, insert name here. Houston, you can't trade for these guys. You're not going to build one. New York, you're not going to trade for these guys. If if New York turns it around, then it's going to be on Adio's deal's man, Chris Stapps, That's going to be why it works. It's not going to be any of these guys they signed. It's right. not going to be any of these guys they played for. That's why Houston will fail because they had to sign. They had to bring over Chris Paul. They had to bring over uh, James Harden. There's no guy. There's no superstar. There's no part of that. Whatever big three in Houston that they drafted, that came up through their system, they have to draft one of these superstars. So when the Sixers turn the corner, it's it's going to be because they built through the draft. It has to be done that way. When it's not done that way, it fails. I mean, <laughs> let the I, say can, amen. I, I can I can count,
5: I can counter your um, Knicks. Um, built better with one simple with one simple phrase Uh, James Dolan Dolan owner that kind of eliminates any Knicks argument that you have Um, as far as drafting and whatnot, I mean when they traded for James Harden he was
1: only 23
5: so it's not like he was this like really old dude no
1: no I I, I understand that but I, I just feel like like I
5: I like feel the, like he, he... they they've made missteps. Like the Dwight Howard signing was a huge giant misstep. Um, but actually like I actually kind of like Houston a little bit with Chris Paul and James Harden. What was said is definitely right. The Rockets will be able to put one of if not two all star caliber point guards on the floor at the same time. Be it Harden at the point surrounded by shooters or Chris Paul at the point surrounded by shooters and Clint Capella to lob the ball to. I am really intrigued by Houston's offense coming into
1: the season. I think Houston's going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, I reserve the right to be wrong. Yes. That's you fair. Know, I reserve the right to be wrong because. I'm sure I will be, you know, and it's like I don't mind being called out for being wrong because it happens a lot and I'm used to it. But you know, it's it is what it is. Yes, <laughs> it is what it is. Adio, my friend.
2: We got to get his stitches. We got to get his uh, winner for what? sit your ass down.
1: Oh, 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 look! We're gonna come back. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna come back, and we'll we'll award the we'll give out the award a little bit later. But we have an all-star field this week for the sit your ass down award. A tradition like no other. Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's 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 we have a surprise nominee that we'll get into later mm-hmm. because because Javon had somebody he had to add to the list. But right now, the nominees for the Sit Your Ass Down Award: Cam Newton, Vice President Mike Pence, former NFL head coach Mike Ditka, the team of Britt McHenry and Joe Banner. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell, and then finally ESPN as a record label and as a crew. Uh, well, you know, so, sorry, bad Tupac record. This on my Anyway, but those are those are the nominees. I want your we, we want your thoughts
5: um if you're if you're asking me it's it's Mike
4: Ditka
1: Mike Ditka sit your ass there you go you gotta we gotta we gotta vote for Mr. Mike Ditka because that man said in 100 years he ain't seen no first of all he's admitting his age he's like look man I ain't seen no oppression not in the last 100 years <laughs> all that man's been thinking about is football but right. that's it, it, it is what it is we'll get into, we'll get into it later Adil thank you my friend oh no problem at all anytime Ladies and gentlemen, that is the great Adil Royster from TotalSportsLive.com, host of the Realist Philly podcast, mm-hmm. next to us, The Philly podcast. Yes. I, I wish I had thought of that name. That's a good, that's, that's a good name for a podcast. It I, is. I, I really do. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that. It makes me want to go back and think about something. But, it, but it's all right, though. It's all right. Adil, thank you, my friend. Anytime. All right. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk more sports. We got, we still have a lot of, of stuff to talk about. All right,
4: mm-hmm.
1: we got Eagles to talk about. Yep, we got Flyers to talk about, and we will find we will sift through this mess of people in these Twitter streets and on television and on radio mm-hmm. talking greasy. When we give out the sit your ass down award for this week, all right, we'll be back on the best in the world sports report. Tell us what you thought of this segment. By hitting us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. Once again, that is at BITW Sports. John and Javon, the Philly Sports Podcast, the best in the world. That's us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at PhillyGoFlow.com. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com. My suit can still make an impression.
5: And my lamp can bring others a
4: bright future.
2: Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org.
0: Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report.
1: Report John Brown, Javon Alford stepping aside for a second. Uh, gonna get a drink, not gonna get me one because he's selfish like that, but it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll deal with him. Don't worry about it. Just a reminder hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Once again, that is at BITW Sports. Big show so far. We've talked Eagles, we've talked Sixes, so now we need to talk flyers it's that time of year where there's a lot going on in the city a lot going on in philly sports so we need to talk about it all so let's shift gears let's talk flyers season has started right now they are two and two two wins two losses and a big game coming up this weekend against the capitals so everybody knows when the brothers are talking pucks there's one person I got. I, I I choose to go to, one person I need to go to, one person I just have to have on this show. But Sarah Baker works for the Devils now, so I can't find her anymore. So, and instead, I called Caitlin Hemsley. Instead, Caitlin, what's going on? Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, ladies and gentlemen. Caitlin Hemsley from NBC Sports Philadelphia and Totalsportslive.com the The queen of sisters talking pucks, the per she is, she truly is the person I go to when it when it's time to talk hockey. Above all else, Caitlin, welcome back to the show. How are you?
6: I am great. How are you?
1: Are, are, are you great? Because I what, am well. Yeah, exactly. Well, Ig- well, exactly because I I talk to Caitlin pretty much every day. You know, whether it be by it's text. A true statement. It is a true statement. I, I, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. We, we talk a lot, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be by text, whether it be over the phone. So, you know, what, whatever, you know, medium we have, we we will talk. And I can tell you, after Tuesday's game, after Tuesday's loss to Nashville,
3: Caitlin was
1: pissed. She wanted I to was livid. Mean, know, I know you were. If we could have done a show right then and there, Caitlin would have done it. She was ready. She was like, I got a lot to say. John, please tell me that I am on the best in the world this week because I have stuff to say. I have a lot to say. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, all right. You know, you got to wait. But, you know, just hold it in. So I hit Caitlin up this morning and just ask her. I'm like, "Oh, you, you know, you you still pretty angry? or you calm down?" She's like, "You know, I've calmed down a little bit, but that game still makes me angry." So let's I, get... I
6: have calmed down. Uh,
1: so so but let's let's, it's let's still. That was a crazy game. That was a crazy game. So let, let's 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 dial let's dial it back. Let's let's go let's go into Tuesday. They fall down early. Flyers are down three nothing. At this point, yeah. you know I'm looking like, oh this is gonna, this this is quickly turning into a what else is on type of night.
6: It was a little bit expected. The mm-hmm. Predators were a, a very good team. They were last year's Western Conference champions. I honestly expected it to be much more of a blowout, but it wasn't, and I was shocked. Like three nothing. Going into middle of the second period was like, oh boy, this is gonna be a rough night. Yeah. But then, come back, kids.
1: They did. They, they came back, and and I was I was a little surprised. They they I mean they scored the first goal, and I'm like, all right, you know, okay, you know, at least they're not gonna get shut out. No no goose egg tonight. Second that goal that was an Andrew McDonald first yeah. goal. But that so, was an Andrew McDonald first goal. It was, and yeah, you know, and. I mean, but I think that also that that also kind of was why I, you know, wasn't really excited. Because I mean, I understand, yeah, it's Andrew McDonald, but it's also like, all right, you know, you're getting blown out and this dude is scoring your goals, you know. I must
6: correct myself. It is alternative captain, what alternative happened? road captain Andrew
1: McDonald Oh, we'll we'll get oh <laughs> trust me, we're going to get into that, all right? <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk about that situation in a second. All right. Uh, but Nonetheless, you know, they come back. They fight back. They tie the game up. They eventually take a two goal lead. And they do. They then. Although we cannot lost. leave yeah. out.
6: Nolan Patrick scored his first yeah. goal. Well,
1: that was cool. That was good. You know, it's like, especially. That was good. Especially, you know, you see. You, you're seeing these young guys and you're at a you're at a point in this season, especially in all the sports where you're looking, you know, to see the young guys develop. So Nolan Patrick scores the goal. You're happy, you're excited about that, and you're you're starting to play a very tough team competitively. You know, you yeah. you go into this game kind of expecting it to be a blowout because you know that this Flyers team is young, this Flyers team is developing and Nashville is there already you know Nashville is where really you know you want to you want the Flyers to be eventually. yes but they they, they come back and and you're feeling good you're like all right you know things have changed and you're I, I I'm watching this game a little bit impressed I'm not even a little yeah. bit impressed. You're, you're like okay they've they fought and clawed back against a very tough team they
6: came back and then took the lead. A two-goal lead.
1: A two-goal lead. A, yes.
6: It's all very impressive for what they did. You you have to give the players credit for what they did. You have to give Valtteri Silkola credit for what he did. He mm-hmm. scored two goals.
1: Mhm. Very much very much so. But then the rest of the game happened, Caitlin. <sighs> Do we and, have
6: to talk the rest of the game? Yes.
1: We 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 definitely have mm. to talk the rest of the game and we 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 saw what happened we we we, we all watched it but i i i for conversation's sake in your uh, in in, from your perspective what happened
6: it all started with two very very bad and ill-timed penalties by dale weiss and andrew mcdonald which yeah, there there are two players that
1: you you, you definitely mean, all, didn't want to see on the road ice at all. Andrew McDonald, Al- alternative, I'm sorry, alternative road alternative
6: captain. road captain Andrew McDonald, yeah, yeah, who yeah. scored a goal in the game,
1: and then yeah, and then then pissed away all all that goodwill with a dumb penalty.
6: He was doing so well, and then
1: pretty, pretty
6: much. And I mean, there are two penalties you cannot take in the last few minutes of the game not like the Dale Weiss penalty was enough but then you go and you have a tripping penalty on top of it Mm-mm. no it's an automatic five on three soon to immediately be a six on three because who wouldn't take six on three that it's just stupid penalties
1: it's, it's it's dumb and it's like the, the casual fan I'm, I'm t- the casual fan will watch that and not even realize a six on three was legal like like I, I you know it, you're watching it, and you're like, "This is unreal." I'm, I'm I'm watching six six predators versus three flyers, and I'm just like, "Man, c- come on!"
6: You you knew automatically as soon as that five-on-three yeah. happened, they were score. just
1: give, just you know just I, that game was just, tying. Just, up. just give them a goal, you know. Just give them I a mean, goal. I, we don't, I, we I don't guess even the need flyers. To, we, penalty we don't even need to play this out. Just a give little a bit
6: more credit.
1: Mm-hmm at the
6: end, because they held on for a really long time, and it was like towards the end of that first, because they got the penalties almost simultaneously. So at the almost the end of that first penalty was when the goal was scored. So they held on for a really long time, and if they had managed to squeak it out just a little bit longer, they would have been fine. But, I mean, they worked their butts off during that penalty kill, and goals happen yes it was the game tying goal but what happened after that game tying goal i'm still frustrated about
1: why did i mean that was almost you, you expect to see a story like this back in the day when andy was here we used to always get on andy Reid about bad coaching uh coaching challenges and especially now and before we even get into that let me let me ask you this let me let me set it up do you even like do you like this rule change that uh um, a, a lost a, a lost challenge this
6: was one of the this was one of the rule changes that i didn't like
1: you said because did not i
6: like. knew i did not like that okay. one there uh there's two there were two big major ones uh the slashing penalty one was a good one the face off challenge or the face off where you get a penalty for the lay of game I actually liked because it means you have to keep yourself on your toes during the face off but this challenge one was the one that I completely and totally disagree with because it kind of encourages you not to challenge a play mm-hmm. and like kind of going through it after 2 days like I can see why Hackstall was confident about making that challenge because you didn't really have a clear angle Mm -hmm. as to whether or not they were off sides. And a lot of people were questioning whether or not they were off sides coming out of the zone instead of into. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he had his reasoning. Was it the best time for his reasoning? Not when there's a minute 17 left in the game. Mm No, no, And you were uh, and if he had lost that challenge, which he did, it would immediately go back to five on three, then six on three.
1: And with with that on the line and given what he said now, I want your opinion because you're around this team. You watch this team. You follow this team every day. So Hackstall's explanation was that he it was his call. Now, the Flyers have a guy, they have a guy whose job it is to watch the video and say, hey, maybe we should challenge this call or no, you know what, let this one ride. Hackstall says this was his call, that he went over the head of their video guy and he made the call. I'm asking you because you're around this and you're familiar with this coach and you're familiar with how he does business. Do you believe that?
6: I do actually believe that this was all Hackstall's decision.
1: So like, okay, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. mean,
6: the video person could have agreed with him, but I think, regardless, Hackstall was making this decision.
1: Okay, all right. All right. So if Hackstall is the one who makes makes this call, and the the I guess the consequences for getting it wrong are so dire. And it's so you know it 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 puts you well well behind the eight ball. You're screwed if you if if you get this wrong. And he takes this chance and gets it wrong. Like what does this say? like what does this say about Hackstall's ability to to do the job? Because for the first time, honestly, for the first time since he's been there, I am really hearing loud. You know, calls for his job, which I have not heard before. You know, I, I feel like when Hackstall came in, and well, since he, since he's been there, you know, he's almost gotten like the the like he he's gotten the Brett Brown treatment, where everyone's just like, just patience, patience. Let them build the team. Let Hextall get these if he's players around him. Brett Brown treatment. To be I, honest, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I I don't I don't see or hear as I don't. I don't, I don't I don't think i've I've heard this level of criticism hurled at him as much in the past. I think, Um, but where now it's like people. It hasn't been at this
6: level, but it it's been there.
1: Okay. All right. Well, you know i I I guess i I I haven't seen it. Maybe I am just not paying attention. Maybe it's just not people that I follow. But now I feel like it's 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 noticeable. You can't deny it now. Yes. People are like, "Look, no. this, this this isn't working. This guy needs to go back to college. It, it, you know, it, it's time to make a change." And you know, I'm I'm not ready for that because I still feel like this is a young team. You still got young pieces, and you still got holes that need to be filled. So, you know, given that they've come out to shoot two and two, couple good wins, yeah. couple couple bad losses. You know. But they're they're you know, they're at five hundred. Like, what have you yeah. seen so far? Are you impressed? Are you encouraged with what you've seen, or do you think it's been a little for them to be five hundred after you know after a week? Are, are you a little Are you a little disappointed?
6: Um, it's a little bit of a mix of both, honestly. Mm. Just because I after seeing what they did in California mm. and the game that they had in Nashville, they should be three and one. Like I think the only reason that they lost in Los Angeles was because they were playing a second game of a back to back both games at 10 o'clock or later. Both of them were home openers, so they were getting pushed back. And it was a two nothing game in Los Angeles. So I I mean, Neuworth played a pretty good game that game, and they had shots, but they just weren't going in. Honestly, I've, I've been impressed with this team. It's a lot. The thing that I've noticed the most, though, is all four of their lines are a lot faster. Like, they can move the puck a lot better than they did last season. And their fourth line is just absolutely stellar compared to what we had last season with Van de Velde and Belmar. I just really like the way that that fourth line is playing. Plus, I've also missed Michael Roffle in the lineup because he he is a good player. Mm -hmm. And he was injured for a majority of last season. And I think he fits in well with Scott Lawton and Taylor Lear. So it's just a lot faster and a lot younger of a team. And I think they're going to do a lot better than I thought they were going to do. And I think they will end up giving the Capitals a run for their money on Saturday.
1: Oh, boy. See, now, that's what I need. That's I needed to hear that because it's like I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's almost like a yin and a yang where they start off with this long West Coast road trip working their way back east, which I, I feel like is com- – is just weird. I, you know, starting yes. the season on a West Coast road trip. I that I it's, that I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, it's
6: I mean it's the second year in a row at mm-hmm. this point, so But it, it's, it's getting still very, weird. very I, annoying. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't like I don't like that at all. That makes no sense to me. But they're coming home five straight games at home now. You know, yes. you know, good helping of home cooking. But there are teams coming into town that scare me. Namely the Capitals. Yes. Yeah. Also, you know, playing playing Nashville again. And also with Anaheim coming back into town. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, this this scares me. I'm a little worried. I, I um I'm, you know, so it's like I'm glad to you know, the five home games I find that encouraging the five
6: home games will definitely be nice.
1: But who they're playing is a little discouraging. Yes.
6: Yeah. Um I'm a little nervous about it as well, but there are co- a lot of the tougher opponents. I think since they've already had a chance of playing them, they know exactly what they're going up against, and it'll be a little, a little bit more, probably a little bit less of a fight. It, it honestly depends. But um, as for Saturday, it's going to be a good one, I think.
1: I think so. Too. I, I, I I think so too, and I I think it will go a long way into reassuring the fan base, reassuring Flyers fans, if they can come out one and play the Capitals tough. Two, if they're actually able to beat them in Saturday's game, I think that that will say a lot. That's saying a lot. I will take that. You know, I I I I agree with you with the with the improvements that this team has made watching it you it's easy to tell that this is a faster more more athletic team and i think you know a lot of that comes with the you know the youth that you're bringing in and the players that you're bringing in you know you it's a younger it's a younger team a faster team you know you just want to see them play the good teams the established teams a little bit tougher and you're seeing that so, you know, that that's the next step. You want to see them play the teams tougher. Then you want to start seeing them winning games. You want to see them start winning games against better, you know, better teams. So a good test will be Saturday against the Capitals. You know, I I yeah. I, I don't deny that. But real quick, I wanted to circle back to a point before I let you go about this captain situation, this alternative captain situation. We talked about it. Oh,
6: past captain uh, situation.
1: Y- yeah. Just, does that make any sense to you? Uh, how how this is going?
6: Honestly, it does.
1: Okay, well, help me then. Make it make sense for me because it doesn't.
6: Uh, I mean, when they voted for because the players voted for an alter or alternative captains. Um, I didn't know that they were going to split it. So that was the part that kind of threw me for a loop that they would split it home and road but seeing who got picked as the alternate captain it, it kind of makes sense because Flyers fans are not going to be a fan of Andrew McDonald alternative captain for you know all
1: 82 games of the season no but, but it, it, it kind of it's like of course you have the captain you know Cla- Claude rules the captain that's you know that. yeah. and then Wayne Simmons is your alternate captain that once again, no brainer. Understood. Now it's like, okay, you got your captain, you got your alternate captain. Now we're out here splitting the job of alternate alternate captain and then alternate 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 captain. And it's gotta be one guy on the road, one guy on at home. And it's like the guy you know I, I I can't I can't get excited about Andrew McDonald with the A on his sweater. You know, it's just to me, it just seems like overkill to me. It just seems too much. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to do all that. I understand that the players voted him. He's popular in the locker room. He's well liked in the locker room. He's well respected in the locker room. You can't knock that. It just seems like it's too much, though.
6: Um, it honestly compared to a lot of other teams that I've seen, it's not as bad because there are, yeah, okay, some, yeah, teams, there are some teams. some the- teams
1: that got alternate, the- alternate, alternate, alternate captains. You know, it's.
6: There are some people that have the captain that is not official. Mm, Yeah. So, I mean, you're gonna vote put your veterans in that spot, and they wanted to put Andrew McDonald and Valteri Filppula in spots like that. And looking at it, it makes sense.
1: I guess. I I, I guess. It, it, it's early. And I've I'm been, not
6: pleased about it either, it's, but it's early. I I mm-hmm. was on the Jake War check alternative mm-hmm. captain vote for yeah. a while now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I guess you know, I've been talking look, I've been talking all show about reserving the right to be wrong. And I'll I'll apply it here too. You know, I could I could be wrong. I, I could definitely be wrong. They could prove me wrong. And I'd have no problem coming back on this show saying, you know what? I wasn't sold on this whole idea. And it's working. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But once again, Caitlin, I just want to thank you. For dropping in and talking hockey with me. You know, I I, I need that in my life. I, I, you know.
6: Who what, doesn't need
1: hockey in who, their life? Exactly 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 so we'll bring you back on in a couple of weeks and we'll discuss more hockey but you can catch caitlin's work on totalsportslive.com she gives the best flyers recaps she gives the best flyer she's she's my favorite look and i don't say that just because i know her i say it because it's good stuff all right so once again caitlin Hemsley from mpc sports philadelphia and totalsportslive.com. Look at reader work. Read it all the time. Read it often. Read it every day. Even if she doesn't post a new article, just read yesterday's article because it's still good. It it still works. Thank you, Caitlin. Of course. All right, look, hey, we're going to take a break. We still have another Eagles game to discuss, all right? We got two Eagles games in one week. That's why this show is so long. Don't complain. It's the best in the world. All right. You're not going to get another a show like this. You're not going to get a better podcast like this. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and we are going to recap Eagles. Panthers. And then stay tuned. We have the biggest field in the history of the sit your ass down award. A lot of people. Begging to win this award this week, a lot of people talking greasy. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come right back on Best in the World Sports Report at BITW Sports. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Best in the world. My name's John Brown.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at PhillyGoFlow.com.
6: It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Just treat me better. After all, we're in this together.
0: To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total sports Live is your one stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports
1: Report. are back on the best in the world sports report. What's going on John Brown? Javon Alford still taking a break, but, like I said, we have a big show today. Lots and lots to talk about. So we've talked about the Eagles and the Cardinals. We've talked Sixers. We've talked Flyers. And, lo and behold, while we're doing all that, the Eagles go and play a second game this week. So, to talk about the Eagles victory on Thursday night, we had to call in the big dogs. We had had to call in the man himself, to come talk to us about this game. Live from FanRag.com, from 97.5 to Fanatic, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in Mr. Jeff Mosher. Jeff, what's going on, my friend? JB,
3: great to be with you, man, on the Best in the World Sports Podcast. What a great time. Obviously, for Philadelphia sports, you got the Eagles at 5-1. You got the Sixers, who are just ready to uh, take the NBA by storm. A healthy Joel Embiid. And my God, we even had a little bit of a, a nice little, uh, I guess, September there with Reese Hoskins and the Phillies. It's about time to be proud to be a Philadelphia sportsman
1: and again, right? We we have suffered for so long. I I, I need this right now. I, this I, is what you suffered for. Th- th- this is what I suffered for because you're si- you're starting with each team. I mean, even even given uh, that 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 crappy Flyers loss earlier this week, you know, you mm-hmm. still saw you saw some flashes from the young guys you see Patrick put up a goal you're talking about Reese Hopkins and what he's doing for the Phillies then you're watching these young guys for the eat you know you're watching the young guys for the Eagles you're seeing you know uh just so much you see you know Fletcher Cox you're seeing Carson Wentz. you know Nelson Aguilar's catching balls now you know it's beautiful uh Joel Embiid looks like the second coming of will uh, <laughs> Ja, you know Jalil Okafor stopped eating meat and now just become a, is has become a beast I, I don't know you know i i i think we're i, I think you know the, the winds of change are blowing in this city and we're finally going to have some sports that we can enjoy watching you know no, no, no more having to drink yourself to sleep after after a, a Philly sports game. You know, Th- things things are changing. We got a, we have a five-in-one football team right now. Yeah, you know, people
3: say, JB, people say, like, you know, that sometimes a typical beat-down Philadelphia sports fan will be like, ah, you know, what do we do to deserve this? How do we get a Reese Hoskins hitting 20 home runs in a month? How do we get Joel Embiid, a guy who's like Wilt Chamberlain with a three-point shot? How do we get Carson Wentz? You know who's just obviously very special. Well, you know what? You deserve that. That's what these teams tanked for, or, or you know, some more than others. When you're down down for that long, a Nolan Patrick, right? When you're down for that long and you get high draft picks, it's up to the organizations to reward their fans and be wise in their scouting. And so far, the teams have been have done that. And so it's not something that's we're fortunate to be seeing. It's what the city deserves.
1: It is. It is because you know you 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 feel like especially when you're talking Sixers and you're talk and you're talking Eagles as well, because I feel like with the Sixers it was a little more it, it was a little more I guess jarring.
3: Because,
1: right. you know, they were so bad. And with the Eagles, you kinda I guess when when we moved from Andy to Chip, there was there was still there was still a, a nucleus there. You know, there was still a team that had that had sure. shady. That still had Djax. That still had Macklin. So you felt yep. like, okay, you know, this is a team that that may have lost its way, but with some tweaks, can once again be great. And for a season, you thought you were on the path to greatness. Yep. And and then the next two seasons came, and it was all lost. But nonetheless, no doubt. Nonetheless from from that you know you have now you have your franchise quarterback you have a wide you know probably i mean quite frankly this right now i mean and, and and that's not even trying to like overdo it or oversell this but this could quite possibly be the best most complete wide receiver core that i have ever seen in my life as an eagles fan you know it was like no, I'm like I'm not trying to I'm I'm not trying to to blow this up, but when you look at you know the history of the wide receiver position, especially if you want to go in the last thirty years, like yeah, you know mm-hmm. what they, you know they had T.O. but that was one season. That was really just one right. season. You know right. uh, Calvin Williams, Fred Barnett, they were good. Maybe not great, but they were good. And right. then you saw you know and. Then you saw the magic act that was what Donovan McNabb was able to do with guys like James Thrash, uh, Todd mm-hmm. Pinkston, uh, way past Torrance his small, prime, yeah, small <laughs> Antonio Charles Freeman, Johnson. like way past his prime. You know th- yep. things like that. You know for him to you know playing it, you know pretty much his entire career with those guys, and to walk mm-hmm. away at the end of his career being. The greatest quarterback this franchise has ever seen. I think is is a testament to what he did. Mm-hmm. So now you see. so oh, yeah no doubt. So now you're here. Now we're here. You have Jeffrey. You have Smith. Yeah, Smith struggled a little bit, but he's. I think he. I think he's turning it around. I you know especially the last two games. I'm I'm I, mm-hmm. I think I see improvement. So I, I mean, this wide receiver core is great. Well well, great compared to what we've had in the past, but, you know, it's, it's great.
3: Yeah, and you like the diversity of it. And, you know, the Eagles have always had, I think you were mentioning this, until they brought in T.O., they were very, you know, under Andy, they were known for kind of having kind of the same guy, right? The mm-hmm. same type yeah. of guy, whether it was inside, outside, or the slot. And then even, even post-T.O., really being more focal on in a passing game on Westbrook in the slot and Avant than, say, until they finally got you know, Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. And then when they had Jackson and Macklin, you kind of had two speed guys, right? And your, your guy in the middle of that was your physical slot receiver. But now for the longest time, I thought the Eagles, I don't think intentionally did it, but they kind of get into this pattern of, of uh, ignoring things, right? They ignored cornerback in the first two rounds of the draft for 12 years in a league that was starting to become more and more pass oriented. Um, They have ignored running back a little bit since losing uh, shady. And then obviously DeMarco, but What they finally kind of caught on to is that every team in the league has at least one guy who's going to be six foot something, 200 something, you know, no more, this is no more the uh, 5'11", six foot, 180 pound receiver, league, right? It's a league of big, strong guys. And by going out and getting Alshon Jeffrey, it's like they finally got one like that. And they finally got a a jump ball, high point artist. Now that connection hasn't been there yet. And there was an opportunity last night uh, for Alshon to make one that he didn't, but then he did come back and. And catch another nice one, but you have Tory supplying the speed on one side, you have Alshon supplying the physicality on the other, and inside you have a rediscovered Nelson Aguilar, who is just playing with so much confidence right now, and really showing you uh the comp, you know, the, what, what the chip saw when they drafted him out of USC, and it's a really nice compliment. And when you throw in Zach Ertz in there, who's just capitalizing on a lot of on the running game and being able to get open on play action, and then just his own, you know, his ability to beat. Whether it's a corner, a nickel, or a safety, uh, it's a really good diversity. And you're right; it's it's almost their most complete. It's probably you're right their most complete receiver core. As far as if you check off everything on the list you want out of receiver core, they got a speed guy, a power guy, a good inside guy, a good top pass catching tight end. Everything's working out well for them now. In, in that regard,
1: it is. Now, this is a question we've kind of we've we've asked and we've thrown around a couple of times in this show, and I want to ask you, uh, what is right now? What is a bigger what do you think is a bigger or better example of what you can get with patience? Would it be Nelson Aguilar starting to finally look like the player we thought he could be or is it Jalil Okafor you know playing at a weight and at a size and with an, a, you know an energy that we've kind of waited for since we drafted him? You know, to be fair, and
3: and I don't mean to be negative about it, but just to really look at it objectively, right? I don't think either is an example of great patience because Uh we know that the Sixers have tried to trade Julia Okafor Uh for quite a while, right? It's it's a forced patience. Nobody would take him. Uh So they were literally stuck with him. And on the Eagle side, they were never going to cut him because it was actually – more financially crippling to cut him because of the projected money and the signing bonus and everything than it was to keep him. So even if he was having a bad camp, maybe they could have traded him in a one-on-one and like, oh, we'll trade your junk for our junk or something like that. But he had a good OTA and you know, they, they, they obviously found uh, a natural role for him in the slot, but I don't think that they, as long as he wasn't completely lost and awful, I don't think they were going to cut him anyway because of the contract. Uh, Now, I guess it's a better example of patience from maybe a fan or just, you know, giving a guy some time in general would be Aguilar, whereas Ogilford still lost the weight. But until I see him out on the floor, you know, grabbing seven or eight boards, hustling, um, moving his feet better, I'm still kind of skeptical. And in the end, I don't really still see him. Now, maybe things change with the Rashawn Holmes injury, but in the end, I just don't see his natural fit on this team that's going to get up and down the court, play the space and pace game and have guys, you know, hitting jumpers from the corner, everything. He's more, to me, just low-post threat and doesn't bring much more after that to the table. But we'll see. You know, I mean, that's, it's hard to make any kind of proclamations on the preseason, and certainly with Holmes' injury, we'll have probably a chance to see, an extended chance to see uh, Okafor play and to see if the lost weight
1: matters for him on the defensive end. All right, I hear you. We're on the line with Jeff Mosher from fanrag.com and seven five The Fanatic talking Eagles last night. Big statement win. Would, would, I mean, would you call that a statement win? That's, I mean, that no it, doubt. Doesn't, it doesn't get much more statement than that. You're playing a 4-1 no title on primetime television on the road on a short week. That That is right. a statement win, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Short road. You just mentioned it. Primetime, short rest, a team that had an equal record, you know, one of the better records, 4-1 in the NFC. And not only did you beat them, but you overcame more injuries than they did. Even within the game, I know they had Keekley injury, but mm-hmm. obviously they lo- the Eagles lost Hicks. They lost um, Bradham, who was playing well for some stretches of the game. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the penalties and, and the officiating, was clearly, whether it's intentional or not, it was clearly lopsided in favor of the Carolina Panthers. So the Eagles withstood a lot of adversity and won that game. And honestly, there wasn't a point in which I thought that they were going to lose that game when the game started. I thought they were in control of that game fairly well. Thank so uh, kudos to them
1: now they did con- they controlled the game from from start to finish but there were i, I think there were a couple of points in the game that kind of that had me worried i think they they put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz they blitzed him he was never quite 100% comfortable in the pocket they sent lots of looks they made it very clear and very obvious early that they were going to try they were going to try and disrupt things from that right side Now, mm-hmm. they were still but they were still able to you know like we said the eagles never you know they never gave up the lead they they still maintained that lead and were were able to hold on to win now how how much of that in your eyes from what what you saw was that due to you know halftime adjustments adjustments during the game or do you think that uh, carolina just wasn't in a position to you know keep putting on that pressure because it seemed like they blitzed less in the second half, and I'm not quite sure how much of that was due to the fact that they didn't have keekley or they just couldn't maintain that level of uh, that you know that level of play. See,
3: that's a that's a, it's an interesting question. I'm going to go back and watch the film today because I I didn't feel like they really called the dogs off in the second half, mm-hmm. and I thought I saw a stat that said they blitzed in total about 30 some odd times, which is maybe like. You know, there were sixty some That's almost fifty percent of the game. That's, yeah. that's crazy. It's probably the most blitzing that they saw. I, I don't even really think that they made schematic adjustments. I thought that. I think we all thought after the first drive that you were going to need to help Vitai the way he got abused by Julius Peppers on that sack. Yeah. And it kind of reminded you of Vitai versus Carrigan yeah. last year. But I'm pretty sure if I go back and watch, I, I thought what I was going to see is if not an extra tackle, but maybe a tight end kept in or more two tight end sets yeah. or running backs kept in. And in, in general, I think we could both we, we would agree, right? The first quarter and early second quarter, the the blitz pickup by the running backs was atrocious. You know, the the Blunt couldn't pick one up and Barner couldn't pick it up and Carson was getting hit too much. I think the adjustment, and this probably is a microcosm of the season right here, the adjustment is that if you're gonna throw the, you know, a variety of blitzes that Carson went and hit him, you know, six, seven, eight times, he's going to figure it out in the end. And that's what I thought was the difference in You know, the late second quarter, third quarter, and then as the game went on, those backside blitzes, those delayed blitzes. He had seen a lot of blitzes this year, usually A gap, you know, like the Giants did Mm -hmm. and the Cardinals did, but this team was smart. I mean, they threw a lot of um, backside stuff at him, you know, coming from the slot that once they started doing it repetitively, he picked it up. And, you know, there were a couple of times he tried to hit Aguilar and didn't. Then he did get him for the touchdown. Then late in the fourth quarter, he knew he should have got him when he went to the sideline and checked the tablet. So I just thought he made the adjustment to know they're coming after me. I got to get rid of the ball quicker and obviously to continue to, to, now they didn't run the ball 40 times, but the fact that they never abandoned the run, I think mm-hmm. always helps. So exactly. um, it all, it all plays into what they've been doing ever since that Kansas city game, which is trying to have a good ratio, trying to keep Carson as upright as possible. And then let Carson control the tone and the, uh, and the pace of the game, which he does exceptionally for a kid who's playing his 22nd
1: game. Now let's, let's, uh, kind of pivot towards the coach here where mm-hmm. he, took, he took a lot of heat after that Kansas city game, took a lot of heat after that Kansas city game, especially for the run pass ratio. But yes, he did to, to give him credit. You know, I, I guess I, I've, I've been very, imp- I've been more impressed with him these last two weeks because mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the box score, when you look at the stat sheet, you know, the the rushing numbers might not necessarily jump out at you, but it shows you mm-hmm. that there was a commitment to stay to stay with you. And I feel like mm-hmm. it, it impressed me more in the last two games than the previous, than the two games previous. Because mm-hmm. the Giants are horrible against the run, so of course you're going to run on them. The Chargers what? are horrible against the run, so of course you're going to run on them. But he he's he stuck with the run with you know against the Cardinals who are who are better run you know run deep uh, better run defense at, as well as the Carolina Panthers and I feel like that is a testament you know for all for all the times that we have you know crushed Doug mm-hmm. and and we, we we want to just you know pile on him for his play calling you know I think he he deserves a, a a high level of credit for being a for sticking with the run the last two weeks. Especially- no
3: doubt, I I feel like JB. You, you know, you brought up how he got killed after the Kansas City game, but if you really think about it, and this is this is kind of freaky, right? Mm-hmm. Doug really, the height of the Ant of the Doug backlash was really after the Giants win. Because of going for it on fourth and eight yeah. and turning what looked like was going to be a, an easy win for the Eagles at the time, the way the Giants were playing, and then, you know, the lead that they took going into the fourth quarter, right? And then that becoming a close game. <laughs> but I, I feel like that has been the turning point for the Eagles, that fourth and eight, you know, sack. Because if you think about it, right, it's a turning point for two reasons, offensively and defensively defensively, it became a turning point. It could maybe be a rallying cry because what happens is the Giants drive all the way down the field, get to the goal line, and not only did the Eagles still have a goal line stand, but, I mean, they really stop them four straight times. I mean, it's amazing that Sterling Shepard was in the end zone twice and didn't have a touchdown, and then they obviously try to run it on fourth down for some stupid reason, and the defense stops them. And ever since then, I feel like this defense, especially this run defense, has been. you saw it last night against Carolina, has just been tremendous, and they really get after the run which really puts the offense in a lot of, you know, third and longs. And obviously, they killed Carolina. I mean, Carolina – I mean, not Carolina. Arizona couldn't run the ball at all, and they became very one-dimensional. And when you're one-dimensional, you're going to hit your quarterback. So that was a turning point for the defense, but also for the offense because Doug, even though he doubled down on it, right, even though he said, um, uh, you know, I've got these analytical guys and they're they're really important, whatever, we're gonna, it was it was the right thing to do. I, don't, I can't think of a, a real weird, you know – Analytical call that he's made since then. He's trusted his kicker to make the long kicks instead of going for it or punting it, and amazingly, this this kid kicker Jake Elliott just nails everything. So, out of a negative, I think was born a real positive for both Doug and how he was going to coach coach going forward, and then also how the defense is going to play against the run and attack the
1: quarterback. It's been great. So, so given that, and now they're you know they're, they're sitting here now with eleven days off. And you know, not not necessarily the bye week, but it, it has some, t- you know, time to get some uh, hurt guys get let them get healthy, and you have you know a chance to assess. Like, how much are are they make? From what you're saying, are they making you a believer? Are you a believer in this team?
3: I don't know how you can be not a believer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, listen, t- t- ten wins is going to get you to the playoffs almost every year, right? So if the Eagles go, they got eleven games left. So, if they, for some reason, all of a sudden come crashing back to earth and go five and six, one game under 500, they win 10 games, right? Mm -hmm. Do I have that right? So they could no, wait, they're four and one now? Five and one, Five and one,
1: five and one. So if they go. So that's six games. I'm
3: sorry. So there's 10 games left. My fault. If they go five and five, yeah. If they just play 500 football, then they're in the playoffs or they got 10 wins. So it's hard. I'll say, I'll put it this way, JB. I I, um, pick them to lose against the chargers that's the only game i haven't picked correctly yet okay. i picked them to lose against the chargers because i didn't think and in going into the year i picked them to be an eight or a nine win team because i didn't feel like they deserved any benefit of the doubt i, I just the way the franchise has been the last five or six years i didn't think that they were a 10 win team i didn't think they had the talent i said the only way they would be a playoff team is if the quarterback plays out of his mind because a quarterback could do that cover up deficiencies right well the quarterback's playing out of his mind um if you really look at it There are a lot of players who are playing well. The quarterback and the tight end are really probably only pro bowlers on offense. And defensively, it seems like everybody just kind of chips in. You know, Fletcher Cox is obviously who is dominated. But the point I'm trying to say is that they didn't deserve the benefit of the doubt going into the season because they ain't done anything. They've done something now. So they deserve the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and continue to be kind of that, you know, really skeptical guy. I know it's a long season, but do I think that they can win five games over the next ten? The way they're playing, absolutely they can. So um,
1: I, I think that you should be believers in them. I understand. Look, I've never not. All right, let me not, not tell that lie. Okay. Right. <laughs> but no, I, I I I am encouraged. I like what I'm I like what I'm saying and I think I I view it the same way as you, in the sense that all you know, even if they play 500 ball at the end of the season, gives them 10 wins. You're sitting there, right. you're looking at, and and it's like you you can only take it one step at a time, and I think. We've seen as far as the NFL is, goes, all you have to do when 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 it comes time for the playoffs, all you have to do is get in and then it's anybody, you know, anybody's sure. game. We're sitting there. We watched what a Giants team win a Super Bowl at nine and seven, you know, mm-hmm. it, so it, it can happen and I'm not and, and trust me, I'm not coming out here predicting Super Bowl, calling this team contenders, but it's like you have to, you know, this is a process. You know, if I, could, if I could steal from the Sixers a little bit, this is a process. And I, t- I totally agree. And you totally do-
3: agree. It was a developmental year for the quarterback. I, uh, so, and I don't want to call it gravy. I know Eagles fans are, you know, hungry for any win that they can get in a Super Bowl title, but I wasn't thinking of playoffs this year. I really wasn't. And so if they make the playoffs, that's to me, it's just, it's all about what they do going forward with Carson Wentz. And right now, you
1: couldn't be happier. I don't think you could be, you could ask for more from the kid and it's not because I, f- I feel like this is this is a team this is a team making strides you know this is not mm-hmm. necessarily a team that's overachieving you know it, this is this is what players the players that you brought in are doing the jobs that you hoped that they would. You know your quarterback is playing at a high level, and he's making decisions, and he's playing at a level you would expect a player that you drafted second overall to make. You know you went Mm -hmm. out, you spent money on a bona fide number one wide receiver. Now he's not; he might not be putting up the the numbers you would expect a number one wide receiver to make. But what he is what he is doing is he 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 demands attention, and he's freeing up. Uh, Zach Ertz to have the breakout year that I feel like we've been promising and hoping for, for, for Zach Ertz for about three, four seasons now, you know, it's like we've gone from, I think this will be a breakout season for Zach Ertz to saying, Zach Ertz is having a breakout season. Yeah, It's like, it's, it it, it is happening now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nelson, once again, you know, just to go back to Aguilar, Aguilar playing like somebody you drafted in the first round, you know? Yeah, you, might, you know yeah. he might not be your number one wide receiver, but he's a hell of a number three. And maybe, right. you know, if if we decide, you know, if the Eagles decide that next season they can't keep Smith and and uh Jeffrey, you know, mm-hmm. if Aguilar can play like this, I wouldn't mind him being the number two wide receiver. You know, maybe he's ready, but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But still, certainly, you know, certainly, you know, it 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 it's encouraging. It, you know, I think the thing that really stands out in JB
3: is that it doesn't feel, to your point, right? It doesn't feel like a fluke that no. they're five no. and one. Yeah. They deserved it. Uh, you go back to last year. I mean, they're all right. Go back to Foles, right? Uh, in his first year, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly. I liked it I enjoyed it um I was an advocate of him staying cuz I always feel like quarterback continuity is important mm-hmm. but I also wasn't clowning myself into the feeling that he was going to be the next Tom Brady mm-hmm. despite the 27 and 2 mm-hmm. there was some kind of flukish feeling in that I yeah. think everybody in deep down in their mind knew not only that but that like the eight of their their wins came against backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. you know so it's, it, there was a flukish feel to that last yeah. year 3 and 0 you beat Cleveland everybody beats Cleveland doesn't matter if it's Carson's first game right uh, then you come home. Then you go to beat Chicago. I think you knock Cutler out of that game. It, it, things went your way, and then you come home and destroy Pittsburgh, which is very weird, right? Mm-hmm. That to me felt flukish. And while everybody was riding high, I'm like, mm, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to go on this. You know, if you're three and zero, there's a seventy five percent. Nothing about this year, maybe other than the sixty one yard field goal, which honestly won the game. It doesn't. I mean, doesn't mean if he missed it, the Eagles couldn't have won in overtime. Mm-hmm. Nothing really feels flukish. There's no. Weird bounces of the ball. There's nobody playing at such a high level that you didn't expect other than maybe Patrick Robinson um, based on – but there's nothing – it just feels like they go out there and put a workman-like game out. They control the ball. They control time of possession. They limit their turnovers. They play smart. They play fundamentally sound. And that's what wins games, and that's why they're 5-1. and one. That's why I feel like it's okay to believe. It's okay to say, hey, this is a pretty good team because everything that's going on seems natural
1: right now. It does. It does. Hey, we are on with Jeff Mosher from fanrag.com and 97.5 The Fanatic talking Eagles, talking believing. Don't stop believing. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's tied to believe in green. Uh, you know, they, once again, they're, they're playing at such a high level and of course, you know, you're going to talk about Carson Wentz and what he's been doing, but also a huge factor in their success, especially last night, was this defense. Fletcher Cox returns and just made, his, you know, just ma- made his presence felt that game. You know, he, he was he, he's like an instant impact. I feel like. Every I feel like just about every play, if whether he made the tackle, whether he made the stop or not, his hand was somewhere on Cam Newton all night long. And yes, it was. He he gave that he gave those offensive guards and those offensive tackles fits all night long. You know, and it was. You I I heard Doug talking about. He, there was no way they were going to keep him out of the game uh, last night, but I mean, he was huge, right? He was enormous.
3: I mean, he's such a difference maker and you want, you want to know why certain guys, especially interior linemen, get paid so much money. Well, in close games, which the Eagles have played in four out of six of their games right now have been one possession, I believe, right? The Washington opener was by they win by 13. And then obviously Arizona was a blowout. Every other game is a one possession game. In a one possession game, there's going to be four or five swing plays, right? That are going to determine the outcome. And Fletcher Cox last night is a part of two or three of them. He had um, the, the tipped pass. I think that results in Cam's interce- first interception or second. I forget. what. Well, yeah, the first one because the second one was on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. And that one sets up a nice, easy well, – I don't want to say easy, but it puts the Eagles 12 yards mm-hmm. away from the end zone, right? And then there were a couple of times where he just hit the quarterback or his uh, pocket collapse forced Cam, to, mm-hmm. uh, forced Cam to have to throw a ball that was high or hurried. It, it, it may only be five or six times a game. But they're so crucial and so vital because those are the plays that determine the outcome.
1: You're playing a four and one team on primetime television at their at their place. If you can give your off, you're you're giving your offense in that first quarter that first quarter great field position every time. It was so important. It was so you know it was so vital. It was almost like you could almost give Fletcher Cox and you know and and, and select members of that defense offensive player of the uh, of, of the game because they kept giving the offense the ball with great field position and helped them you know put and just helped them keep Carolina on their heels like Carolina never looked yep. comfortable in that game never no
3: nope, they really didn't they did not and um I, it's funny cuz JB there were some times where i thought that Cam hurried to throw because he thought there was going to be pressure even when there wasn't. Mm-hmm. So when you start to get that psychological advantage mm-hmm. where teams are already getting rid of the ball, like Eli getting rid of the ball in like one and a half seconds just because he doesn't want to get, you know, hit and he's got a terrible line. And it's just such a great advantage for your defense. And you don't have to be perfect every play. You already got kind of that mental edge over them.
1: It is. It is. And, uh, but I, I, like I said, I know. I can know. you believe
3: this team gets Ronald Darby back? In a few mm. weeks, can you believe that? I mean, that's the, the, to me, that's the biggest – their ability to win games, despite having Darby out, uh, lose Sproles for the year. You, have, you lost Fletcher Cox for two games. You had lost Corey Graham and Jalen Watkins. Uh, last night you lose Hicks for a little bit, and hopefully that's not long-term. That, to me, is kind of this under-discussed element of this team, how resilient they've been, mm-hmm. just dealing with you know injuries and then having to compensate.
1: Very, very... Very resilient, and I think that kind of speaks to the point of the excitement that people, that fans have for this team. Whereas you're mm-hmm. looking at you're looking at this defense, and you're impressed and you're encouraged by the way the secondary is played. Because everybody going into the season was worried about how the secondary was going to play. You kind of knew uh-huh. that the front seven was going to be solid. You knew like you knew what you were going to get with uh with Fletcher Cox. You have a number one draft pick at the end that you know is eventually going to be the D end of the future. You know what you're getting with Graham. You know, you know, Hicks. And you, and you kind of saw, you knew, you know, Kendricks would be okay. You know, mm-hmm. you, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone saw the level he's played this season. But you, I, I, I don't think there was a reason to be, you know, worried about Kendricks. But you were worried right. about the secondary. And, and the second Darby went out, you went from worried to just straight panic. But they yes, played sir. well. And now you're sitting there saying, Okay, now this team is rolling. They first six games, they played four in the road. They got ten games left. They got a three game homestand. And they they have a chance to get healthy. Healthy in the places that have been that, you know have, have been sore spots have been concerns for people so yes they, that's right you, you see Darby coming back you're like oh, oh wow this is this is gonna be all right
3: yeah I mean I really thought that they were in trouble when Darby got hurt I thought it was back to last year's kind of it's like here we go again you're back to you know you're gonna have Jalen Mills on one side and you're gonna have either Patrick Robinson or the rookie Russell Douglas on the other mm-hmm. and that's going to be a detriment to the team and you know in some cases, it, it, they've had it's been detrimental at in, at some points, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not great corners. But in other cases, they've been able to compensate. It's uh, it's it, their ability to compensate has been just um, unbelievable so far. Whether it's the offense picking up the defense by being ball control or just the front four rush or front seven rush, uh, you know, helping out the back end.
1: It's, this this defense is amazing. I'm looking at you know, Mike Michael Kendra's had 12 solo tackles last night. You know, Brad wow. with seven with, with seven solo tackles. You, you know, you're, you're looking around. You see, they're they're all over the field. They're just making. They and they've played good quarterbacks this year. You know, yeah. this is. I mean, you, you know, you talked about last. You know, starting out three and zero last year, and they started out three and zero playing. You know, the with the only really good quarterback they played was Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. You know, so far this season they played Cam Newton, beat him. Carson Palmer, yep. beat him. Phillip Rivers beat him. You know, they're doing all right. You know, they're they're you know it's, this this they're playing good. They're playing good teams. They're playing good quarterbacks. Quarterbacks who can you know they're you know you can say what what you want about the Giants and their overall record this year, but that's still Eli Manning across the field. That's definitely. That, that's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean,
3: they haven't played I, – I don't think they've played a layup game. I mean, they wound up beating Arizona by a lot, but I think a lot of people were actually afraid of Arizona, including myself. Yeah. I, picked, I picked the Eagles, but I was really scared about. it. I was reluctant because I just thought that eventually the law of averages was going to catch up or their ability to go deep was going to hurt and how wrong I was about that. And you know, if you just want to look at, at the most basic, broadest context you can right now, JB, you look at it and say the Eagles have played six games. They're 5-1. One. Their one loss is against the only team in the NFL who hasn't, who hasn't lost. lost yet. Mm-hmm. And it was a one-possession game in Kansas in in Kansas City, right? I mean, that that was a coin flip game in the fourth quarter, and the Kansas City Chiefs won it. So, to be honest with you, I don't know what the Eagles really are in power rankings or anything, but mm-hmm. right now they have played, like, the second-best team in all of the NFL. That, that, you can't say anything other than that. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And I'm going to ride this way for as long as it goes. I don't know – don't know what the future holds. You know, I can't. You know, I can't predict the future. But as as long as this as long as this wave is going, I'm gonna ride it, and I'm I'm going. You know, I'm gonna be all right. As a fan, I'm loving it right now. I'm feeling good right, right now. You know, it, it, it feels- I think the
3: best thing in sports, JB, is the up I mean, mm-hmm. the worst thing in sports is when you stink over a long haul, right? Yeah. The best thing in sports, though, is enjoying that build up, like the 93 Phillies were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were fun. They were great. They gave kind of fans belief for a year, mm-hmm. but that, right. that was ephemeral. Yep. You know, they were horrible the year before and they were horrible the year yep. after. And yep. it really took you a long time to get back to it. You didn't get that fun of enjoying a build up. So you, last year, this, the team was seven and nine, but that was still pretty good given the circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. you want, you got to see Carson building uh, the, a young quarterback. And this year you're seeing Carson emerging and so
1: it's all – it's kind of like gravy. It's just fun. It's great. I like gravy. You know, ain't nothing wrong with gravy. Gravy's best, gravy man. is the best, man. It's the best. Brown, Brown gravy, red gravy, whatever. Put it on, on. Gravy, yeah. whatever. Is it gravy. On whatever. Gravy. Exactly. I'll take That's gravy. Right. <laughs> That's what they're serving down there. Is, you know, a big bowl of gravy. I'll take it. That's right. Take it. All right. Jeff, got to let you go. But before before we go, I know you're doing your thing at 97 Father Fanatic. But also, uh, tell us about FanRag real quick. FanRag.com.
3: Yeah, man. FanRagSports.com. Uh, it's a it's a great website. It's growing fast. We got great writers. Uh, John Heyman doing baseball. John Rothstein who does college basketball. Uh, we've got um, Zach Harper done the NBA. So we've got a. But you know we're trying to get all the big markets. They got me doing Philadelphia. Most of the Eagles. They do a little Sixer stuff too. But mm-hmm. FanRagSports.com. We're pretty. We're comprehensive, man. You'll you'll find a lot
1: of good stuff on that website. All right. Is it FanRag.com or FanRagSports.com? It is fanragsports.com. Okay, all right. See, I don't want to. I don't want to screw nobody up, man. I'm trying. trying to help okay. you get, I'm trying That's to help right. you get some shine, man. You know. I appreciate it. I don't. I want to. I don't want to mess anybody up. You know.
3: I appreciate it, and of course, you guys can all follow me on Twitter at Jeff Mosher NFL. Oh, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Jeff, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it.
3: No, thank you for having me, JB. Always good,
1: man. All right, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is Jeff Mosher from FanRag Sports. Com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, once again, as promised, the largest field of contestants to win the prestigious sit as Down Award. All right? The sit as Down Award will be presented when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, you're listening to the best in the world sports report. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time, at B I T W Sports. I'm John Brown. I'll be right back
0: you're listening to the best in the world sports report listen to this show in its entirety every saturday at 8 a.m on the philly go flow at phillygoflow.com If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com.
3: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to the best in the world sports report.
1: Yo, it has been a really good show. Lot. A lot to talk about. A lot of meat. A lot we of information. Serve, yeah, we we, we serving meat this week, all right? Get your A1 sauce, your Heinz 57 <laughs> sauce, whatever you want to put. Whatever you put on your meat. Your, your Sichuan wor- sauce. Your Sichuan sauce, your Worcestershire sauce, whatever you put on your, your, your barbecue sauce, sweet and sour. Whatever you put on your meat, because that's what we're doing on The Best in the World this week. You tell us what you think of this meat we serve this week. All right. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Just a reminder, you can catch the best in the world every Saturday, 8 a.m. on phillygoflow.com. Shout out to Patrick Manley, mm-hmm. who asked me specifically to shout him out.
2: Even though you do it every week. Even though I do it every week. But he that's said, all right.
1: He said, make sure you shout me out this week. So here's your shout out. We'll see if he listens. I, I do this all the time. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I want to see At this who time, listens. All the time. Well, I also, I, I want to see who listens to the show. Mm. So I mention them by name to see if they hit me up later. And say, hey, I heard the show. You know, right? Thanks. That's a good idea. You know who does it? Caitlin does it. Yeah. Caitlin Hemsley will say, hey, John, I listen to the show. Thank you for the shout out. And then there are other times I'll mention other people. And they'll be like not like they won't say anything. So it's like, you know what? I know you didn't listen. Exactly. So you're not rocking with the best. All right. So it's so whatever. You wanna shout out you wanna shout out anybody? Nah. All right, fine. It's whatever. Sometimes people just don't deserve shout outs.
2: No, nah, ain't that. Yeah. Uh we we got something else to talk about. Which we, might which, which might get me a little uh, oh a little boy. Oh, oh, oh
1: boy. Well look let's let's set this up. You know, a tradition you know, like no other. A tradition like no other. We got the you know, masters' music playing behind yeah, there. The masters music. <laughs> exactly. We we need some fanfare or something. But as you know, when you're riding high, mm-hmm. often equals win. Yep. Like they did on Sunday. We're gonna go off the Sunday win, and you know against the Cardinals because that's what that's what set that's what set everything off. Yes. That's what set everything off. The Eagles blow out the Cardinals. You're riding high. And then from there, there's always somebody or multiple multiple people who say or do things that make you want to turn around and look at them and say, sit your ass down. And that is why we are here with the Sit Your Ass Down Award for this week. Lots and lots of nominees. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's start with the list. All right. We we got into it a little bit earlier because we had to get a deal's thoughts. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's start. Cam Newton out here in these streets talking reckless about being surprised to see women Knowing routes, running routes, running routes, it, it, whatever, dog. I, you know, that goes without saying. People have talked this to death because it was just a
2: dumb thing to say, even though the reporter we found out, yeah, she's a racist. It's she, all good. She, 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 she got them Twitter fingers she, she had, dropping, yeah, dropping them in bombs,
1: yeah, yeah. He out, she out there talking real reckless about, you know, calling
2: Dale Earnhardt Jr., a yeah. uh, you uh, a yeah. B A N. Yeah. Fill in the blinks. You yeah. know what that
1: exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. he's yeah. So, you know, the reporter, the reporter aside, you know, because, yeah. you know, it. it, it, it
2: that it came was, up just because people on social media yeah. are very good detectives.
1: Yeah. But, but you know, but it, it is about Cam. Yeah. And that's not to, you know, excuse this reporter for her, you know, racist talk. But mm-hmm. I don't know who she is. Me either. None that. of us didn't know yeah, who I is before I she I, I don't know her. So I'm not familiar with her work. Me either. So you know, if especially if she's a racist, then she's really not that important to me <laughs> to begin with. You know, it, 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 you know, it, being a racist, then you know, that kind of hinders your legitimacy. You know, it, it, it's it's compromised. Your, your legitimacy is compromised right. because you're a racist. But nonetheless, Cam said something stupid. He's on the list. Also on the list. Moving on, Vice President Mike Pence for that fake. Publicity stunt that he had to do at the uh, at the Indian and at the Indy uh, San Fran game. He was going. Knew he had to leave early because he had another uh, appointment left early, but made had to make it look like, you know what? He just couldn't stomach watching all those players calling attention to injustice in the country. And, and, And by the way, just on a very, really quick side, I have. Taken upon myself, I now refuse to call it an anthem protest. I will no right. longer refer to it as an anthem protest mm-hmm. because it is not an anthem protest. They're right. not protesting the anthem. Mm-hmm. The anthem is the anthem. It is what it is. Right. You know, you know, that's and, and that's a discussion for, you know, what the anthem is. A dis- is a discussion for another podcast. Yeah. However, they're not protesting the anthem. You know, they're protesting injustice. Mm -hmm. So I call it injustice protests, police brutality, police brutality, protests, oppression, you know, things like that. That's what that is. What is happening here? It's not about the flag and people who choose to make it about the flag are just throwing up smoke screens because they don't want to address oppression Mm -hmm. and injustice. And apparently that's what Mike Pence wanted to do because he wanted to make it about kneeling for the flag. So he had to grandstand his way on out the door for a meeting that he was planning on going to anyway. Exactly. And that's why Mike Pence is on the list. Moving on. Because I, I got to be quickly. I know usually we expound on these nominees. Right, but we, but we so have many so many <laughs> of them. So many people out here fighting to get this award this week. So we had to move on. Mike did good. Mike did get out here on these streets talking because he doesn't understand the anthem protests. Nope. or what. He says you actually should yeah, go to another yeah, country to he, play football. Yeah, because that's what he views as. He Ignorant. says you should go to another country to play football, whatever, because he doesn't believe that black people have been oppressed, uh, oppressed in 100 years.
2: So I'm pretty sure he didn't see people getting, you know. Be, knocked upside no, the head in no, Selma, no, uh, no, getting no, chased and no, a lot of no, dogs. No, Somebody getting lynched. He you know. Like, he
1: he doesn't like these perceived anthem protests, even though they're not anthem protests. No. because he doesn't feel he doesn't feel he doesn't feel they're like oppression protests or injustice protests because there hasn't been any oppression or injustice in, a, in you the last hundred years. And here's the thing, and, and and that statement in itself, that statement in itself is a glaring is glaring proof of white privilege. Yes. It is a man whose entire life has been dedicated to football and nothing else other than football, mm-hmm. because that is something that that is a luxury. He has been afforded his entire life. Right. That can't be me. That can't be you. That can't be my children. That can't be your unborn children. Not, you know, not that you, I ain't trying to get you in trouble. I know you ain't got no kids. <laughs> um, you do ain't got you do have no kids, right? No kid, no kid. All right, just make it sure. You know, you know, uh, you know. We we famous now. You know, they they come out the woodwork. I'm, I'm <laughs> anyway. But nonetheless, this man's privilege has bo- has afforded him the right to be able to say, you know, what his whole life is spent in football. Mm-hmm. So, the issues of the world that just don't affect him, he doesn't have to concern himself with. So it does not it does not surprise me that he feels like he hasn't seen racism or oppression or injustice because he hasn't been looking for it because in his life, all he's ever had to worry about is football. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else. He doesn't, you know, I'm sure he's had plenty of black teammates Mm -hmm. and I'm sure those black teammates would love to tell him story after story of injustice that they've felt. But I bet you he's never asked them. Nope. That man has been a, co- a head coach of two different franchises. Mm-hmm. How many of those, te- you know, how many times has he asked players about oppression or injustice? How many times did Mike Ditka ask Walter Payton, how many times, you know, when has he ever been called the N word? Did he ask Ricky Williams that? Did he ask William, the uh, refrigerator Perry that? Did he ask Willie Galt that? No. He didn't because all he had to worry about was football. Yep. So that's why Mike never he hasn't seen oppression in 100 years because he wasn't looking. Nope. Next nominee because we got a lot. This is a tag team award because it's two people who equally need to sit your ass down. Britt McHenry. A person who just loves to be on this list.
2: Repeat offender.
1: A, a, a habitual line stepper in the in the Twitter streets. Got into it this week with Joe Banner of all people. Now this puts, this move, see, Britt McHenry is like, is, is slowly creeping towards Donald Trump status. And the fact that Donald Trump is like the LeBron James of uh, sit your ass down. Yeah, because if you wanted to, you could make a case for LeBron uh, for for Donald Trump winning the Sit Your Ass Down Award every week. Yeah, but you got to be fair and you got to spread it around. So once again, Brick McHenry and and plus Brick McHenry made Joe Banner uh, you know almost seem likable. Like I thought, Joe Banner came off looking real cool on this one, and that shocks me because Joe Banner is the epitome of not cool. When you look at cool, you don't think of Joe Banner at all like you, like there's nothing about cool that says Joe Banner but they got into it you know or you know once again talking about oppression protests and injustice protests and how that and how that can be misconstrued as anthem protests. they got into it you know through some jabs back and forth, I I I thought, I thought Joe hit her with some goodies though. <laughs> and then you follow that up with Britt McHenry then trying to go after Eminem. So she's trying to just get ether twice yeah. in the same week. Yeah. It's not going to end well for you, Britt. Sit nah. your ass down. Stay on Fox. All right. Stay stay, stay yeah. Stay with whatever you're doing. Stay, yeah. whatever Keep, she's keep at. public. Yeah. Keep publicly. Hang, hang out and, with Clay Travis. Yeah. And that's another story. He didn't make the list. No. But you know but he's he, working. But, but on yeah. It. He, he's getting there. Don't worry. Be patient, Clay. Your time is coming. All right, the next nominee, Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones came out and said, you know, after, you know, he after that week where the whole team kneeled before the anthem and then stood up, whatever, he then said that he was going to force his players that he wouldn't play players that stood for that kneeled during the anthem to call attention to injustice. He didn't agree with it. He felt he said he would bench players. It's uh, r- ridiculous. It, it, it is ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous.
2: It's, it's it's ignorant, and for people that don't want to say it, it's. It's ignorant. He did just what his friend did, in Donald Trump mm-hmm. just using that as a photo op and say, "Hey, black people, I'm here with you too. Mm-hmm. Let's all sit down and kneel together at the table of yes. brotherhood on the field. We shall overcome. Yeah, exactly. We, we,
1: we shall overcome as soon as we stand up for this anthem. Yeah,
2: we shall overcome, right? But you're looking at the devil in the blue suit. Yes, the devil in the in the blue the blue blue suit is preaching, let's all come together. But this is the same guy who has now come back two weeks later, like a coward trying to talk this systematic oppression type stuff saying hey uh if you guys if you black folks uh really want to protest i'm gonna if you do that you're gonna get punished for it even though jerry the players make the money for you yeah. there's no yeah. advertisers if it ain't for let, des bryant yeah. zeke elliott Dak let, let, let,
1: let let's be clear jerry jones emma rich. smith yes. michael Irvin. yes Jer- Jer- Jerry Jones is rich. When Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys, he was a multimillionaire. Right. Now he is a billionaire. Understand something. The reason why he is a billionaire is because of Emmitt Smith because of Michael Irvin off the off the back of Black of, players. Yes. And, Deion, and and Deion Sanders you know Alvin Harper, Pearson. Drew, you know, Drew Pearson, you know, uh Quincy, <laughs> Quincy Carter. <laughs> it doesn't. Terrell Owens. Leon Lett. Leon Lett. Charles Haley. They made you a billionaire,
2: Darren Woodson. And you're
1: and and, and for me, I think it is now time for a, a shift in this dialogue. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a shift in the dialogue. Whereas if these owners. And these officials are going to try and take a harder stance on kneeling during the anthem to call attention to injustice. Then they need to take a harder stance on injustice and racism and oppression. So and I think that goes for all people. If you're going if, if you're going to sit here and you're going to voice your opinion and you're going to have a strong opinion and you're going to parade your opinion about about how you feel about people. How they choose to address the injustice and oppression and racism in this country, then you better have a better statement of what you plan to do and what you would like to do to combat that. Yep. Because if all you're going to do is call it disrespecting the flag, which it's not, and disrespecting the country, which it's not, and disrespecting our soldiers and our troops, which it's not, then you're going to get called out. Yep. You're not going to just say, hey, fall in line because we pay you. End of story. No, that's not going to happen. You're seeing it now. It's not going to go away. You know, it's, it, people have been quiet on this issue for too long. Mm hmm. So and, and the fact of the matter is, as long as these as long as these, you know, people want to blame and, and, and come down and talk about all oh, these players are millionaires. These players are millionaires. But it, it's so these are foolish. the same.
2: These are the same players that are risking their lives but, every week. But that here's the thing. You.
1: You're, you're like you're sitting there coming down on these players because they're millionaires all while taking the side of billionaires.
2: Right. That really the, could give a less people that really could and, give a damn and, about and, you. And, and
1: most most of which became billionaires off the labor of those millionaires yeah so as long as my you know and i'm talking not me personally but mm-hmm. as, but as players i think they're saying as long as my labor is continually is continuously making you rich right you know you will hear my voice i will have a say that's how it's going to be and as long as the Jerry Joneses and the Britt McHenry's and the Clay Travises and the Jason Whitlock's and whoever else wants to chime in with their off base uh, takes and assessments and observations, as long as they want to say, as long as they want to try to make this about disrespecting the flag, then there's going to be people saying, no, that's not what it's about. Right. It is not a disrespecting. It is a race thing. I know as many people want to say, "Oh, it's not a race thing. It's not a race thing." Yes, it is a race thing. And if you aren't and if you aren't prepared to talk about race, then it's time for you to sit out the conversation. Yep. Plain and simple. So Jerry Jones is on the list. And that brings us to his buddy Roger Goodell, who wanted to, I think who really wanted to Kind of, uh, I, I guess, tighten the reins a little bit. Yeah, play in the middle. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to play in the middle. He he's he's really trying to play both sides of the fence in, on this issue. Whereas he realizes that the league is seventy percent black. Yep, and you And, you most, of the, and yes. most of the,
2: you're still skilled players are black. Yes.
1: And you're not. You're you. I think he realizes you can't sweep this under the rug. No, I think Jerry Jones thinks you can sweep this under the rug. Yeah, but I don't think Roger Goodell can. But however. Roger Goodell had the hopes of ending oppression protests. Yes. That did not happen. Nope. To, uh, they, they squashed that to date. The NFL, the NFLPA said that's not going to happen because I think it's foolish. I think, uh, because I think, honestly, I think had they tried to go along with that, then you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where players are going to call your bluff. What are you, like? are you really going to suspend Malcolm Jenkins? Are you really going to suspend Eric Reid? Yes. Are you going to suspend half the the 49ers team? Are you, are you really going to do that? Are you willing to do that? And are you willing, and, and you see what has happened these last couple of years with Roger Goodell trying to take a harder stance. You saw it with Tom Brady. You saw it with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Tom Brady was cheating. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott beat a woman. How are you going to then go to like, really? What crimes have these people have have they committed? None. We're not talking about criminals here.
2: Being black.
1: Yeah. Being black. Talking about things that are wrong with this country. Mm -hmm. That's their crime. Yep. And are you really, you know, I don't think Roger Goodell was ready to fight that fight. Because in the end, Roger, what is Roger Goodell? He's a lawyer. Yep. He's a lawyer. So he knows how this is going to play out. So he knew that if he if he took this stance, because I because I, once again, this is an issue that's not going away.
2: Oh, the NFLPA would love to take the NFL to exactly. court. Exactly. They've probably been waiting for the day to take him to Please. court.
1: Please. <laughs> Yeah, Smith yeah, is yeah, w- would, I, 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 I think he probably called him up. Please, you know, do us all a favor and take this to court. You, you, you really don't want this. You don't want this at all. You don't want these problems. You don't want this problem. And in, in the end, what happens? Roger then says, you know what? Hey, man. All right. We, we're going to have to find another way. We're going to have to find another way. We'll,
2: we'll backtrack off. Our, right. We got this. All right.
1: And that brings us to our final nominee of the week. ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, turning the list around from from the worldwide leader to the back of the line playing catch up. When they suspended Jamel Hill for what is considered a second uh, violation of the NFL policy. Now, a lot of people say the statement that she made that crossed the line that got her suspended was when she... Suggested, and I don't. And, and when you look at the tweet, she wasn't telling. Yeah, I don't. She
2: think, was suggesting. I, she didn't come out and say it. She was responding to somebody, yeah, I, which I, I think when ESPN want that, they will want their host to and commentators analysis mm-hmm. to respond and react with their to their fans.
1: Here is the thing, and I know. See, people are you know people who don't want to engage in this conversation are going to take the angle of, you know, they told her no politics, whatever, whatever. But the bottom line, you know, to go even further, you'll say, hey, she should stick to sports, which is ignorant in itself, but whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. But they're going to say, you know, she crossed the line because she made it about politics and she was warned. No, that's not what happened here. The problem was, Jerry Jones a sports figure made this about sports when Jerry Jones took the idea that you know took the stance that he took he made it about sports he made it a sports story Jamel Hill was not talking about politics she was talking about sports because the owner of a team took a stance that a lot of people have a problem with Mm -hmm. so Twitter is an open forum.
2: That's
4: so what when. For.
1: So when the owner of a professional sports team takes a stance that is unpopular with so many people, people were talking about what can you do, what should you do, what can be done. You know, people were talking about, hey, let's boycott the league, let's boycott the the, the, the Cowboys mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's something my, my brother-in-law had actually said. We had I talked about him because he had asked me at the beginning of the season what I'd be planning. Was I going to boycott games? And I had told him no. And he had, originally, he had originally told me, and he has since changed his stance on the issue, but he had told me that he felt like there were too many boycotts. I, I, I kind of disagree with him, but then I kind of do right. agree with him because I feel like we're in a situation now where Kaepernick critics are boycotting. NFL critics are boycotting. Yeah, Numbers are low, and everybody's taking credit for the change. Yep. You don't know, you know, because another elephant in the room is the NFL product is bad. Yeah. And it's like you have people who support Colin Kaepernick saying, you know what? I'm not watching NFL anymore. You have people who criticize Colin Kaepernick saying, you know what? I'm not watching the game anymore. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there are games that just aren't worth watching. And nobody's watching anyway, and now everybody wants to take credit for it. Yep, that you know that that is the problem. But I think what Jamel said is, hey, hey, if you want to send a message to the owner of this sports team who you feel has made a terrible sports decision, mm-hmm. this is what you do:
2: hit him in the pockets.
1: You hit him in the pockets. You make your statement where it hurts.
2: Yep. And that's the bottom line. And that
1: is the bottom line. And I don't think she's wrong for that. No, you but know, wrong, I think that was
2: wrong because ESPN mm-hmm. have big money tied into the NFL, tied into money with investors. Mm-hmm. So what the ESPN do instead of once again not defending for their employee, they go and defend for the man because mm-hmm. the man controls the money.
1: It's it's the statement. It's it's it. You know, and and that is what you walk away with you know if if
2: and it makes it, me want to boycott it, ESPN and, and i and have here's the, and
1: here's the thing and here's the thing about it you know almost instantly after they made that move they also announced that they would not they would not make public the name of the ESPN official who made the call to suspend Jamel Hill mm-hmm. because my my thing was it's like okay we can sit up here and we can tweet at ESPN or whatever Bottom line is, you know, it's probably some, you know, schmuck straight out of college sitting in an office, you know, drinking, you know, an energy drink. You know, these messages aren't going to the people that, you know, who make the decision. They're sitting up in some cushy office in Bristol. Right. But, you know.
2: But don't be a coward and not put the the name. Own own it. You
1: know, you, you made this decision. You made this decision. Now own the decision. Say, hey, we suspended her. Why? We told her no more political statements. Even though this, she didn't make a political statement. We suspended her for making political statements. You should be able to own that. You should be able to come out and say this is why I said that. Right, it looks
2: bad on their part. It does look
1: bad. It looks shady on their part. mm -hmm. It looks, you know, right now, and that, and that's the theme of the week. The bottom line is, people are sitting out here trying to, people are trying to hide behind a million different things, and they just come out smelling like crap Mm
4: -hmm.
1: jerry jones you smell like crap roger goodell you smell like crap espn you smell like crap because you're sitting here and you're trying to shine this crap that you're feeding us Mm -hmm. by using a billion different things and it's like no yep the fact of the matter is here this was about injustice the roots of this this stance was injustice. And you're not going to sit here and try to shift the paradigm of this conversation and not be, and not be given the side eye. Right. You know, Jerry Jones, no matter how hard you like, no, you know, no matter how many people applaud you, the fact still remains is you decided that you would force your players not to take, not to take a stand for what they believe in rather than actually address the problem.
2: Right, and actually talk to your players about the problem this, and how can we try to solve it.
1: This dude on Twitter tried to get in with me and, and, and say, that, hey, you know what, this can't be racist. Look at all the players that Jerry Jones has made rich. Jerry Jones, played, you know, he supports his players. He's always supported his players. You know what, money goes, but so, you know, for so far, you know, Bottom line is, you can sit up here and talk about all oh, these players that made millions, whatever they live in these cushy houses. And another dumb argument: Colin Kaepernick raised by white parents in the suburbs. How oppressed is he? Come on out here to Gwinn- you know, come out here to Upper Gwinnett, to my neighborhood. And let me tell you what I see. You know what? You know what I see? I see people locking their doors when they see me. I see old ladies holding their purses when they see me. I I you know that's that's what I see. You know, bottom line is Jerry Jones has paid his players a lot of money. How has that money kept them from being called the N-word? You want to talk about players making millions? How, you know, how well did Daniel Snyder's millions work when someone in Kansas City was calling Terrell Pryor the N-word in a game as loud as the Arrowhead Stadium is. And everybody knows that Arrowhead Stadium is the loudest stadium in the NFL. But you have, you're so, you got people so loud that in that stadium, you can hear him on the on the field calling you the N-word. That's how, you know. Where was, where was Daniel Snyder's millions? Hey, did he turn them, hey, I'm rich, stop calling me that? Right. And did it work? No. So don't talk to me about how, you know, the millions people make. That's dumb. That's stupid. Doesn't make any sense. You know, it, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is, and it doesn't change anything. No. This is about race. This is about racism it always has been it always will be so unless you're prepared to have that conversation and unless you're prepared to walk down that road shut up (laughs) step aside conversation is not for everyone don't sit here and try you know it's like bottom line is, you know it it will always come back to race Woman try to say you know oh it's not about it's not about race it's about respecting the troops respecting the troops you know, I had my fa- my family members, you know, they fought in wars, whatever. You know what? My two grandfathers, three of my uncles, and a host of cousins all fought for this country during wartime, in wars. All came home to racism. All came home to oppression. All came home to injustice. What do you think offends them more? My grandfather fought for this country in Korea. When he came home, know what they told him? Told him get to the back of the bus. Don't talk to me about insulting our troops. Don't talk to me about kneeling, insulting our troops.
2: Don't talk about us. Don't you know, talk about insulting the troops when people can't even pay the V. We can't even give them yeah, great, exactly. great, great things in the VAs.
1: Exactly. I asked you know my sons fought in Afghanistan. My sons fought in in, in Iraq. I, re- I applaud their effort. I applaud their efforts. I applaud their actions. I applaud their service. I am indebted to them. When's the last time they asked one of their fellow servicemen what it was like to come home from that war and be pulled over for driving while black? And did their service get them out of the situation? If, unless you're if you can't answer that, if you're not prepared to answer that, you're not prepared to be in this conversation.
2: So you know what that means?
1: You know what you gotta do? Gotta sit your ass down. There you go. You gotta <laughs> sit your ass down. So that's why the winner this week's winner of the sit your ass down award is the worldwide leader in sports. Yes, the worldwide leader in sports. I'm sorry, hey y'all, y'all gotta sit your ass down, and you will continuously sit your ass down until Jabel Hill is back on SC six. It makes right?
2: it, it makes it. It makes it tough for anybody to you know watch ESPN. I know me personally, I. I'm boycotting ESPN. I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to watch their programming. I'm not going to read ESPN.com.
1: I'm not going to do that. I I am too, I feel like, I feel like this. I I am too entrenched and too embedded in sports. And that might be a good or bad thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to say, "All right, I'm gonna stop watching ESPN." I, I don't know. The, maybe that says a lot about my life. The, and maybe some. They're the instances. other outlets. Yeah. Th- yes, they are. Yes, they are. I don't. I don't deny that. But I, I feel like you know what? What I will do is I will call it out as soon as you know. I will never. I'll never be silent about. it. Like, yeah. yeah, you know what? I watch ESPN. I'm not gonna stop watching ESPN. Whatever. But you know what? I'm not gonna sit here and act like y'all didn't just suspend a black woman for speaking her mind. Mm-hmm you know i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here and act like you know that didn't happen right like you're not trying to railroad this black woman for for speaking up meanwhile because
2: the because the day isn't that, kenny
1: Maine still employed by espn mm-hmm. do you follow him on twitter no all right follow kenny Maine. and 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 if if i'm wrong somebody hit me up on facebook instagram or twitter because i truly believe that kenny Maine is still employed by espn
4: Yes. And he has
1: been way more critical of Donald Trump than Jamel Hill ever was. It's because it's white on white. You know, you know. No, 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 I, honestly, I mean, it's, it, it it makes it that much more. It, it makes it's almost egregiously hypocritical if Kenny Mayne is still employed by by ESPN and he says what he says. On a daily basis, he's critical of Trump on a daily basis, and he's not wrong. It's not like what he's saying is wrong or incorrect. He's spot on.
2: Right, he's just being ESPN, being hypocrite. But but it's like,
1: okay, this man is on Twitter every day, roasting Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's cooking the right every day. Mm-hmm. Never been suspended. Just 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 talking, speaking his mind. Just, you know just just every day every day Jamel Hill but Jamel Hill can't speak nope Jamel Hill's not on TV right now Jamel Hill's not on Twitter right now that's why every day hashtag stand with Jamel I will tweet it every day it needs to be it need for real it needs to be trending on Twitter every day until Jamel is back stand with Jamel stand with Jamel Hill take a knee
2: yeah because at the end of the day and this will not be the last thing I want to say Yeah. the end of the day. They fired Jamel Hill. They get at Kaepernick. They get at Malcolm Jenkins. They get at Tory Smith. They get at all these NFL players for standing up because, at the end of the day, how—not most, but at the begin, at the end of the day, how some white Americans look at black people—they just see them as another, you know, yep, yep. another N-word at yep, the yep. at, at exactly. the end of the day.
1: Exactly. No, you ain't. You're not lying. Not wrong. Not wrong. So there you go. ESPN this week. Sit your ass down. All right, y'all. Hey, man. My God, look at the time.
2: It's time for us to get. It home. is time <laughs> for us to
1: get on. Uh, if you're listening on PhillyGoFlow.com right now, hopefully, we, hopefully,
2: Patrick Manley won't kick. He's probably going to kick us out soon. I,
1: I don't even know what's coming up next. I think we might have eaten up the entire time. Uh, we, might, we might have to split this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Two anyway, Anyway, this has been a really long show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the Best in the World Sports Report. Tell us what you think of today's show. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITWSports. I want to thank all our guests. Check us out next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, and, you know, we'll do it all again. At BITWSports, Best in the World, 8 a.m. every Saturday on phillygoflow.com. My name is John. Who are you? Jovan. Check out totalsportslive.com. We would give a preview, but good Lord, this show has been long. Anyway, talk to you guys later. Peace.
0: You're listening to the best in the world sports report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at
4: phillygoflow.com.